Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Wednesday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson, and what a fun show we've got planned for you here today. You're halfway through the week. Coming up on the program today, we're going to have our birthdays in sports, our player of the week. Jake Crane will stop by. Joe Bortle from Rotowire, a part of the program. We'll have a hump day update for you and so much more here on this Wednesday. So we've got a lot of things that we've got to get to throughout today's show. I've got Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, and Cam Berry inside the studio with me today. And we're taking your phone calls as all of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your part your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. So it is going to be a lot of fun here on today's program, continuing to react to the news. Brian Harson, no longer the head football coach for Auburn. Cadillac Williams, the interim. Cadillac Williams met with the media for the first time earlier today on the SEC teleconference, and Auburn gets set for their game on Saturday against Mississippi State. Men's basketball has an exhibition later tonight. Women's hoops has got an exhibition tomorrow. So we've got a lot of things taking place, and uh, we're going to discuss all of it on today's show. JJ, Tom, Ryan, and Cam. Tom Peavy, how are you? Uh, doing good. Uh, yeah, just been uh, – have had my face buried in various message boards and Twitter just trying to keep it's the up. the place to be. That's right. Just trying to keep up with all the updates and, uh, yeah, just reading what all the fans out there are saying and, uh, you know, the coaching uh, – it seems like it keeps bouncing around from who the favorite is or who people want. Uh, so, yeah, it's just interesting to kind of keep watching all that. It is. It really is. And uh, it was fun chatting with Brandon Marcello from 24-7 Sports about that yesterday on the program, reiterating that uh, we could be doing this for quite some time, not to expect any news to happen until after the final game of the season, which means we're going to be buried into those message boards and uh, having these fun conversations for a month. So uh, buckle up. Buckle in, buckle whatever you do, and uh, and, and have some fun with us. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. And, uh, yeah, like you said, we will be talking about this for a long time. I really don't see how there will be an announcement unless it's someone that's not currently employed uh, for quite some time. So we will be doing this um, each and every day for quite a period of time, but otherwise doing well. Uh, looking forward to me personally going down to Orlando tomorrow uh, to watch Golden State uh, play the Orlando Magic, and then uh, got my family coming down to Florida over the weekend, so I'm going to go to the beach and, and that sort of thing, so kind of taking some time off. But, beach uh, in November, nice. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, here, power for, move right here there. for the yeah. next three hours, so uh, excited to talk about whatever and, and you know everything going on. Ken Barry, what's going on? How are you, sir? Doing well. Uh, yeah, just you know enjoying the day. Uh, Hawks play tonight, kind of 
watching them and finally able to watch them at my own house. Shout out to my girlfriend. Um, and uh, enjoy that. And, yeah, just watch as, as uh, we figure out who, who Auburn's next football coach is going to be and um, just take it a day at a time. So, yeah. Good things ahead. Yeah, and uh, things we're getting ahead. set for uh, Auburn football again on Saturday when they take on Mississippi State. A night game for the Tigers. Pre-game coverage starting at 3.30. You can listen to it on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. Uh, Mississippi State, a really fun team led by head coach Mike Leach. They throw the football a million times. They've been competitive in so many games this season. And right now, fellas, Mississippi State is nearly a two-touchdown favorite over the Auburn Tigers. In most places, you'll see 13 kind of be the difference between these two teams. But uh, Auburn, once again, a double-digit underdog as they get set for a game against Mississippi State, which is not normal. This is certainly out of the ordinary when these two teams meet on the football field. Yeah, but it's not surprising um, that you know we're, we're a double-digit underdog. Um, just you know, interim head coach. Nobody really knows what to expect. Um, but I, I think, uh, I think Cadillac's going to go out there and lead the guys. He's a beloved guy. I, I think he was the right choice, uh, when it was uh, announced that he was going to be the interim head coach, uh, a really good guy and easy to be able to rally around. Um, but not surprising. The defense is still struggling, um, against the run and, the, you know, just, I mean, as a whole, the defense has been struggling. So it's going to be tough to stop them. The offense, we don't know what it's going to look like. Um, they're going to run the ball and, yeah, a lot I mean, of it. Probably going to run the ball a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so not, not surprising, but you never know what can happen. Maybe Carnell, uh, goes out and leads these guys to a win. Yeah. I think when you're looking at this game, the biggest unknown would be, you know, can Cadillac kind of have a rally to the flag moment for the team? But right. also, it's just if the team is just good enough for that to matter. I mean, because they are uh, a pretty bad football team this year, and they've uh, really not gotten better. Um, no, you know, because as the offense has at least started to look not formidable, obviously, but less unacceptable. I don't know as, as they started to look a little better the defense has, has gotten much worse so uh, Auburn still has some of its issues offensively offensively obviously with their offensive line and um, I know with with Robbie Astrid still you know just analyzing him in the pocket he um, still very quick to leave the pocket and uh, go through progressions and that such he's able to make some pretty great plays outside the, the pocket but still some of those negative plays you worry about, and against Arkansas, you know, they they the numbers are a little deceiving because those last two scores, in particular the last score being comes in, in garbage time. They, again, in the third quarter um, got beat up pretty good. But they did have moments where they moved the ball. They did have some big plays. Again, just, you know, inconsistent play to break up those drives. And so you go to Mississippi State, Mississippi State uh, – Actually kind of hung in there okay against Alabama, not from the standpoint of losing by three touchdowns is incredible, but yeah, I think it was 24 nothing at half, and they didn't give up but six points in the second half, so that easily could have been um, a blowout, and they had several times where they went for it on fourth down, Alabama territory didn't get it. So they, they didn't get completely dominated the way they could have, and obviously they get the bye week, and so – um, definitely understandable given the context of this season why Auburn is is 13-point underdogs. 
you, you go back in history, that wouldn't happen very often, if at all. Yeah. It's not something you expect to have happen. Mm. Uh, but just given the context of this year, uh, not too surprising. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of our program. Again, J.J. Jackson with Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, and Kim Berry here on today's show. Before we move forward in the program, let's celebrate our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. All right, birthdays in sports here today on November 2nd of 2022. Happy birthday to Danny Amendola, turning 37 years old. The former NFL wide receiver played four years of college football at Texas Tech. He went undrafted in 2008 and spent time with the Cowboys and Eagles practice squads, made his NFL debut with the Rams in 2009, where he also went on to play for the Patriots, Dolphins, Lions, and Texans. He was a part of the All-Patriots 2010s team, the NFL kickoff return yards leader in 2009, Danny Amendola is a two-time Super Bowl champion. One of those slot receivers that uh, Tom Brady always found open, always threw the football to. Happy 37th birthday to Danny Amendola. A reminder, Birthdays in Sports is brought to you by Max Credit Union. Allow Max Credit Union to help you with all of your banking needs. They've got two locations to serve you, one in Auburn on Gay Street and one in Opelika on Frederick Road. Jimmy Garoppolo is turning 31 years old today. The starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He played four years of college football at Eastern Illinois, where he was the OVC Offensive Player of the Year in 2013. Drafted in the second round of the 2014 NFL Draft by the Patriots with the 62nd overall pick. He backed up Tom Brady until signing with the 49ers in 2017. Two-time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots as a backup. That's one way to get your Super Bowl ring. Just be the backup quarterback, call the shots, and uh, that's exactly what our guy Jimmy G did. Love it. Absolutely it's a love great it. great life. Yeah, good life. Life of a backup quarterback. And now he's getting to experience what it's like to be a starting quarterback. Was the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl for the Niners a few years ago. They just ran into Patrick Mahomes. Jordan Howard is celebrating his birthday today. Jordan Howard is uh, turning 28 years old. He is currently NFL practice squad running back for the New Orleans Saints. Played two years of college football at UAB. One year of college football at Indiana. He was a first-team All-Big Ten player in 2015 for the Hoosiers. Drafted in the fifth round of the 2016 NFL Draft by the Bears. Also played with the Eagles and Dolphins. And in his rookie season, made the Pro Bowl. A one-time Pro Bowler. Jordan Howard, who's now 28 and a practice squad guy. So weird. That's a weird career. Did he get injured at any point in time? I just did. He just fall off heavily. That's I guess just he so kind of fell off. Because I, I was remembering, like when you said Jordan Howard, I was like, man, he used to be pretty good, right? And so that's really surprising. Would it be Roddy White and, and Jordan Howard as the Pro Bowlers to play football at UAB at some point? Are we missing anybody? Um, Brian Thomas may have made it. Uh, he was a late 90s UAB guy, played for the Jets in the early 2000s. I don't know. I'd have to look up if he ever uh, made it or not. Because sure. he's probably the best defensive player um, from UAB and it does not look like he went to Pro Bowl. He, did start, he started for the Jets for one, two, three, eight seasons. But Good career. Made Bowl, never made yeah. a Pro Bowl, though. Okay, awesome. UAB football doing things. 
Uh, you know Escobar is celebrating his birthday. One of my favorite baseball players growing up. He is uh, 40 today. That's insane. The former MLB shortstop for the Atlanta Braves, where he was drafted in the second round of the 2005 MLB draft. He played with the Braves from 2007 uh, for several seasons before ending his career uh, playing for the Blue Jays, Rays, Nationals, and Angels. I was always a big, you know, Escobar guy who's celebrating his 40th birthday today. No one did more bat flips on a base hit to right field. (laughs) He had a lot of fun. You got to celebrate it, man. It's hard. Uh, Orlando Cabrera is turning 48 years old. There's another... Uh, MLB shortstop made his MLB debut with the Montreal Expos in 1997 and played there until 2004. Also played with the Red Sox, Angels, White Sox, Athletics, Twins, Reds, Indians, and Giants. Twice he won a Gold Glove Award and is also a World Series champion with the Boston Red Sox in 2004. Orlando Cabrera is turning 48 years old. There's a look at your birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union here on November 2nd. Again, happy birthday. Danny Amendola, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jordan Howard, you know Escobar, and Orlando Cabrera all celebrating their birthdays here today on November 2nd. Let's take a time out. When we come back, your phone calls next here on Sports Call. We need a time out. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Cam Berry, and Ryan LaVoy. Uh, The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Our podcast is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or on our handy-dandy Tiger Communications app. That is available both on iPhones and Androids. And you can listen to our show on the go wherever you are simply by downloading that Tiger Communications app. It's also got easy access to the podcast for when we're not on the air Monday through Friday from 3 until 6 p.m. Central Time. All right, let's take some phone calls. What's going on with all our callers out there in the world? 334-887-3401. Do up first on the program today. We've got... Terry from Auburn. Terry has called into Sports Call today. Hello, Terry. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How y'all doing? Quite well, well thank well, you. Sir. How are you? I'm fantastic. Um, Tom, I know you've been a big, uh, big fan of uh, Deion Sanders, and yep. I've been a Hugh Freeze guy. But now with John Cohen being the athlete, is that the name? Am I getting the name right there? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Um, I just don't see a, a Mississippi State guy hiring an Ole Miss guy. I just I don't see it. So I'm I'm switched over to your side now. I think Deion Sanders. But my question to you guys is this: Can all of Auburn afford to take a chance? That, that I just don't think they can. The, the, this talk out there about Jeff Grimes, I just don't understand it. Um, if he wants to be head coach, let him go to Memphis, South Florida, Southern, wherever, and be a, be a head coach for a couple of years. Then maybe he'll be mentioned, you know. But um, right now, I think it's Dion. But Auburn can't afford to do that. Do you guys agree or disagree with that? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think Auburn uh, Auburn needs to bring a guy in that's going to be immediate impact. Yeah, I agree. And and, and to me, there's only two guys that, that match that, and that's Deion Sanders or Lane Kiffin to, for just the immediate impact of bringing players in. I don't know that you get that with anybody else. Right, and there was something said today. I heard that some recruits were talking about how they would sway their decision to Auburn if Dion yeah. got the job. Have you yeah. guys heard that? Yes. Yeah. There, there's, there's numerous. Uh, a lot of the beat writers, some of the guys that follow recruiting, they went and talked to our prospects out there, and many of them uh, said that Dion would be their choice here. But then there's been several that have said, that are committed to other schools that have said that they would very much flip to Auburn if Dion was here. And see that 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 totally eliminates the old saying that the old coaches love to say, "Yeah, sign with the university, not a coach." That's not true. I think I think it's true for some, yeah. It, but but I mean, for a guy like Deion Sanders, those guys are going to be coming for Deion Sanders. Yeah, it definitely depends on on the player and and the university itself because we have still some players that are committed. You know, Brian Harson's gone, and and you know they're still committed to Auburn because they like Auburn. Is that was that Cam said that? Yes, I did. Okay, okay, Cam, would you please please refrain from mentioning Brian Harson's name, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just speaking the facts, you know. Um, I, I know. I'm just kidding around. I just said it myself. So. I'm just, I'm, I'm just kidding around. Here's a guy that ran off your starting quarterback and your starter and your best receiver last year to sign in DJ TJ Finley. Hello. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know, guys. I just think Auburn's taken enough of beating in the national media. Now I've discovered one thing in living here a little short three months. The boosters are near as involved as the national media likes to think they are. Every school has uh, big time boosters. Every school does. They're quiet when they're winning. How many boosters are you hearing from from Alabama right now? But I guarantee you they were being loud. And I was in Birmingham at the time. They were being loud when you had Dubose and, and that bunch. That is a good point. Uh, they were they were clamoring. I mean, that's why the Saban thing was such a big deal because they were trying to – they had the Rich Rod stuff go down and they were trying yeah. to make the, the biggest hire they could at the time. There's a lot of people pulling different ways. Right. So, I mean, just, it's just people forget that. People forget that all the time. So I just the national media they say they put their two cents. I say they have no sense, quite honestly. So, uh, but they're going to say what they want to say. They get they're the national pundits, and I think Feinbaum has become a large part of that. Quite honestly, he's fell into that trap a little bit because um, when I was growing up in Birmingham, his show was local. It was more entertaining, quite honestly. Now it's become more about his ego. So, you know, that's just a personal opinion for what it's worth. It's nothing. But I just don't think Auburn can afford to take a chance. And I don't. You guys are you guys hearing the Jeff Grimes talk like I have? And what are people yeah. thinking? I mean, his name is definitely out there. Right. Uh, well, because he he's a he's a top candidate because he has shown that he is a great offensive coordinator. I mean, he's done a great job as an offensive coordinator. And then with the Auburn thing, there's always that connection because he was the offensive line coach here. So there's naturally going to be a connection to it because he's familiar with Auburn. He and uh, and he's done great as a coordinator. But yeah, if you're going to go, I, coordinator, I just, why not go Kendall Bryles? Well, no, and I, I agree. I, I just I, I don't think a guy like Jeff Grimes is who Auburn needs to go after. I think they need something no. that brings in a more of an immediate impact. And I think if you get a guy like Jeff Grimes, you're going to have to go ahead and understand that the next several years are going to be a struggle until he gets right. the recruiting up because he's not that. he's not going to be able to change it overnight. Exactly right. If if Auburn is not patient enough, uh, then they can't have a guy like Grimes because you're going to be waiting for a couple of years. All you got to do is point to Tennessee and look what Josh Hobble's done in two years. Yeah. And but that's, he's done, all you need, that's all you need right there. And, and yeah, and he's been able to do that big time through the – he has had some good recruiting, but he's also Portal. done a lot with the, with the transfer the portal. portal yeah. yeah, the transfer portal has been big for him. And, and it, make this point, I made it a thousand times. Can you make it? Has Tennessee proven that you went on offense, not on defense anymore? 
I'm not saying you can stink on defense and win. I'm not saying that at all. But you have to have a dominant offense to win nowadays. Well, That's just the way the way the there, game is played. There's there, it varies from team to team. Um, but I I think Tom in large part yes because I I wouldn't even point to Tennessee. I'd point to 2019 LSU. And I'd right. point yeah. to Joe Burrow and, and everything that they had offensively. I look at Auburn in 2010. I mean, Auburn won, a tw- yeah. Auburn won the title in 2010 with a dynamic offense. That defense in 2010 was not very good well, at all. Sure, but even then I could I could point to you teams right after, like the Alabama, the very next couple Alabama teams were some of the best defenses right. we've ever seen. But now we're just seeing like when Georgia, for example, who had an incredible defense last year, they won not because they – won a 13 to 10 national championship game they won because Stetson Bennett finally had the drive they won you know still a better defense than offense I'm not saying that but I'm saying that even what a great defense looks like now Georgia couldn't go into that playoff and win a, a win a low scoring game they had to score more than they were accustomed to scoring but then you've got these teams you know why do you think Alabama now runs a spread offense that throws it all over the yard because they realize they can't win the 10 to 7 game every single time they need to win the 10 to 7 game they they go out there and they they put up 35 40 points a game so i absolutely think offense has now swayed to being more important than defense Around this, is where you and I are going to disagree because I think I think Georgia won that national championship based on two things, and that's two starting wide receivers for Alabama not being there. I think if they are in that game, they win that game going away. I don't think Stetson Bennett can sack groceries at Publix. Well, so. <laughs> and that and that may, that may be, but but when it came when it came time, you know, it was Georgia finally having a drive, and you're right that but that's not because you know Georgia winning because their defense that's winning maybe because of absence of offense from Alabama. And so that still that still kind of plays into the point there is that Alabama didn't have their top receivers and that mm-hmm. that played a part of it rather than you know Georgia just being able to physically dominate them because when Georgia finally came up against a great offense like Alabama it was more about the timeliness of everything and not just sheer dominance defensively. And do people really know who the wide receiver Georgia's are? Because all they do is run the ball and throw the tight ends. No, Brock yeah, it's Bowers about the tight either. ends. Yeah, and Darnell Washington. Yeah. Yeah, they don't throw. They don't throw anybody with the two tight ends. That, that's that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, do anybody McConkey. know who the wide receivers are? Lad McConkey. That's all I know. Lad, okay, good, good job. Because <laughs> I wouldn't even know that. So, all right, guys, so I, take care. And have a great day. Thanks, Terry. We appreciate that phone call. Good to hear from him. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free at one triple eight nine Tiger Nine. We'll see who that next head football coach is for the Auburn Tigers. It's the million dollar question that we're still looking for the answer. Let's take our next break. Our show continues here in a moment. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. We're back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Tiger 95.9 FM, the Tiger Communications app, or by listening to us on the Sports Call podcast. Sports Call can now also be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap Skills and Games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. 
select the skill, then tap enable to use, and you're done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Again, I'm JJ Jackson. Thrilled to be inside our studio today with Ryan Lavoy, Tom Peavy, and Kim Berry, taking your thoughts and your phone calls. So as we go to the phone lines once again here on today's show, next up we've got James from Montgomery. James has called into the program. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, sir. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, for Auburn and the coaching uh, search that we're actually going to do right now, yeah, I think uh, the coaching search would be uh, Deion Sanders because I think he will be a really good fit for Auburn as well and making Auburn's football program move forward in, in the right direction. A lot of people do think that would be a good fit. I think he'd have instant success out there on the recruiting trail. I'd be interested to see what kind of staff he could put together, what coordinators he brings with him, uh, and that sort of thing. But, uh, boy, he's got a lot of swag, and they call him prime time for a reason. And uh, I think we need prime time here on the Plains. Yeah, we really do need a lot of uh, a lot of his swagger, a lot of his character. And he actually brings that to Jacksonville State because I actually watched Jacksonville State, and they were – they were like on fire. They were on point, and they are remarkable out there with uh, Deion Sanders. But if Deion Sanders actually comes to Auburn, I see in 2023, 2024, and 2025 and on down the line, I see Auburn moving in a big, big turnaround and winning a lot of games next year and yeah. in the near future. The goal would be to get back into the college football playoff hunt, if that were to be the case. So I, I do think we need prime time on the planes. I'm already envisioning the shirts. I've created the idea myself here. <laughs> prime time on the planes with the Auburn logo and Dion's face. Nice. Uh, someone's going to beat me to it, and they're going to make all the money <laughs> off of the idea, but you heard it from me here first. Yeah, because I think we do need uh, prime time because I think he's a really good fit for Auburn, and he'll bring a lot of recruiting to Auburn. And I think Alabama, they're not even going to – I mean, a a huge Auburn-Alabama rivalry with Deion Sanders and uh, and 71-year-old Nick Saban is going to be a classic matchup between those two coaches and uh, seeing Auburn actually winning the Iron Bowl and and actually, you know – getting that chance to go to a college football playoff, you know, in in my near future as well. So I do see a lot of things coming from uh, Deion Sanders. And for now, we've got uh, Cadillac Williams as the interim head coach for Auburn. So Cadillac is going to be our coach for these last four games. Yes, I am actually, I'm going to see what Cadillac Williams is going to do this weekend when we play against Mississippi State, because I know we're going to start Vegas in uh, Mississippi State. So I think this is going to be a really hot ticket. I think Auburn will win. And the final score for this game on uh, this Saturday coming up, I would say Auburn 51 to Mississippi State 22. Wow. That'd be a big-time dominant win for Auburn. Yeah, because I think with these last four games that we have in, this, in the schedule, I think these four games are all wins with Cadillac Williams. And then with the Iron Bowl, I'm going to be there in person. So I think Cadillac Williams is going to do the job. He's going to take it. And I think we're going to be Alabama in the Iron Bowl in their in their uh, in their town of Tuscaloosa as well. So I'll I'll probably see Auburn coming out with victory with a 63 to 27 uh, upset on uh, Alabama.
Alabama as well. Yeah, that'd be a dismantling if Auburn were to win by that score. We'll see if they're going to be able to get it done, man. That's going to be really difficult, but uh, we've got faith. We certainly do love our Auburn Tigers and hope they can get the job done. Yeah, they, they. I mean, we do have faith, and I think that Auburn is going to win these four games for the for the remaining of the 2022 season. So I think this is our year to actually make it to the college football playoffs. So we just have to see what uh, – where things might turn our way. Yeah, we've got a, a lot of work to be done. Tennessee was number one in the college football playoff last night. So uh, congrats to the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, Auburn was not ranked in the top 25, so we've got a lot of work to do. Yes, yeah, so, because I think this weekend I'm actually looking at Tennessee and seeing if they're going to win. I'm going to be uh, looking at LSU, seeing if they're going to win against Alabama. And Georgia, I think Georgia might make an upset with uh, who Georgia plays this weekend. They play Tennessee. Okay, so I'll, I'll probably see. Uh, I'm actually rooting for Tennessee to see if uh, Tennessee is going to win out. But if it goes the other way, then I'll just take the loss with uh, Tennessee. But I think Tennessee might might make a win if, if things don't make a, a huge turnover between now and uh, this weekend as well. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see, that's for sure. Yeah, and then yesterday on Tuesday, I was watching the NFL uh, trade deadline and seeing where some teams were going to be, like the current teams that these players were playing for and where they're going to be playing now. And I know uh, you're a big uh, Carolina Panthers fan. I know uh, Christian McCaffrey, he uh, got traded from the Carolina Panthers and he went to – uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, 49ers, and he was doing an amazing job out there in uh, San Francisco with uh, a big win over the uh, Super Bowl champs, the Los Angeles Rams, as well. Yeah, I was sad to see McCaffrey get traded away from the Panthers, but at least he was the only player that was traded. They uh, they thought about possibly trading Brian Burns, but they didn't. So uh, we saw a lot of other trades yesterday in the sport as well. Uh, several big names uh, we're on the move. So uh, I'm going to be curious to see how those moves are impacted throughout the rest of the season and, and see these teams make that playoff push. Yeah, and then I'm very excited that um, my Cowboys actually made a trade around like 12.01 or 12.02 in the morning. So we got a couple of players on the defensive side. So uh, we got one from uh, Kansas City. We have one from the Washington Commanders. So those two are from the defensive side, so I just have to see uh, how things go with uh, that as well. And then this weekend we play uh, – well, we don't play this weekend, so we have off week. So that will be a, a good know, rest, a huge, a huge rest for me. So I'll just probably sit back and watch some of the other play the other teams that are playing and uh, seeing if I can actually uh, score some fantasy points as well. So I'm three and five and uh, fantasy playoff push, so I'm actually getting to that playoff. Uh, eighth, I'm in the eighth place uh, for, in the eighth place by, so I'm actually uh, trying to make it four and five so I can actually get my first-round uh, playoff push in the fantasy lineup as well. Yeah, long season left to be played, but you got to keep finding ways to win games, so hopefully you can get more wins coming your way. Yes, that's all, so... Um, you know, I think the Cowboys, I think they're looking like a Super Bowl contender with Dak Prescott. And he's, he's saying, he said over, uh, the press conference, uh, yesterday that the Cowboys are ready to actually make it to the Super Bowl this year. So I think, I think we're going to 
pushing it in the right direction as well. If you uh, had to pick who you think the Cowboys might play in the Super Bowl, who do you think comes out of the AFC? Um, out of the AFC, I'll probably say I'm looking at the Kansas City Chiefs or mm, the Los Angeles Chargers, one of those two teams as well. Could be a fun matchup. We'll see if uh, either of those things take place. What are your final thoughts for us today, James? Well, um, my final thoughts would be I'll just have to see how Auburn is going to uh, bounce back and see what uh, Robbie Ashford is going to do. Um, I'm very upset with him. So, um, you know, from that last game that we lost. So he has to work on, on you know, holding the ball very, very tightly as a quarterback. And I think he's going to do that. Uh, this weekend as well. We do too. Yeah, he didn't turn the ball over this past weekend. That was awesome. He had one of his best games. So hopefully he continues to play well. We'll be watching it, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you on tomorrow's show again, okay? All right, sounds good. And I'll take that Auburn and uh, Mississippi State uh, trivia on tomorrow. Perfect. We'll talk to you then. That's our good pal James from Montgomery joining us on the program. 334-887-3401. Let's keep these phone calls coming in. Let's go back to the phone lines we go. Ed from Auburn. All right, Ed has called into Sports Call here today to say hello to us. Hi there, Ed. Hope you're having a great Wednesday afternoon. Uh, hey, JJ, it, it's just fantastic, man. It's beautiful out here, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is a good. It's a nice day for sure. This yeah. weather's great. It, yes, it's absolutely. Uh, I, I just wanted to uh, call that. that. It's horse basketball, man. I'm so excited. I, the I, season's finally here. I, and and we we've, we've got depth, and I, you know I, I just there's so many. I mean, Bruce Pearl's mind just moving back and forth. That's what you love to see. I, I just love be paid. You know, I do. And and I, I think uh, I, I think uh, is it Janai or just Johnny, I think you last call it calling Johnny, but it's just not bringing it. You're correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he's going to be a big addition. You know, take up a lot of slack. But, but as far as uh, I, I, I do want to disagree with you, last caller on one thing about Walker Kessler just being a tall guy. That is junk. You don't get drafted in the first round of the NBA if you're just tall. Okay, there are seven foot guys that that go to work. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely have the talent that uh, I respect the talent that Walker Kessler's got on the uh, on the hardwood for sure. Well, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's not just tall, but uh, I mean, I'm 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 not great shot blocker. Tall. He's a, he's good at catching the lobs and the alley oops. Always displays. A ton of hustle. His height does help, Ed, but uh, yeah, he's got way, way, way more than just being tall. Yeah, and, and he does he does a great job. Of, yeah, he's even a decent three-point shooter, you know, yeah. but he doesn't take many, but, uh, you know, he's 20 30%, whatever. But, uh, but I, I tell I, you I'm what, not, Ed, you've seen me before. I'm just 5'10", 5'11". I would love to be seven feet <laughs> tall for a day. I think oh, that'd be a blast. Man. Oh goodness! He, were you almost shooting down at the back? <laughs> the arc changes, yeah. But uh, the other thing I was gonna just—we got to find a football coach. Yeah, talk to me. What you think? Football coach, yeah. And you know, I called you earlier, and and, and early in the year, I, I always thought Dion would be a great fit, 
and I, you know, I'm glad he's being considered, and and I still do. And Hipper uh, Lane Kiffin, I do not, I do not have a good feeling about Keith uh, Freeze, but but if Jeff Grimes is, is somehow that comes up, and that's but when you've got so many people, are we know from today that Bobby Louders supported. Uh, uh, Dion, that Bo Jackson has supported him. Uh, I, you know, there's a lot of. You, you, there's no mistaking the impact nationally that it would do, and I don't think I don't think Dion is dumb enough. I, I think I think he would be a perfect fit. I think it would be fantastic for Auburn. I think Auburn needs to get. Finish with being scared and just jump out there and do something and run with it and go and win. War dang eagle, buddy. War eagle. Amen. It's good to hear from you, Ed. Enjoy the rest of your day, okay? All right. That's our pal Ed from Auburn joining us there on Sports Call. Always a joy to catch up with him and hear what he's up to these days. So, yeah, I'm hoping that Auburn does find a winner at the end of the day. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'm on the, the Lane Kiffin, Deion Sanders train. But whoever it is, we'll support them because we're Auburn Tigers, and that's what we do at the end of the day. All right, let's take our next commercial break. Sports Call continues in a moment. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson with Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, and Cam Berry. We want to hear from you. Whatever you want to talk about in the world of sports, uh, talking about this Auburn football team, what's next for them, who the next football coach is. Basketball season starts tonight. Auburn's got an exhibition game against the University of Alabama Huntsville. Tomorrow, Auburn women's basketball has an exhibition game, and we'll actually have a radio broadcast for that one on FM Talk 93.9. Still to come in today's show, Jake Crane will be on the show. Joe Bartle is on the program. we got a hump day update coming your way a little bit later in the show. So uh, we're busy. We're busy here on this Monday, but still plenty of time to hear from you. What we need to do right now, as we do each and every week, is uh, tell you about our Player of the Week. Sports Call's Player of the Week. San Francisco 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey is Sports Call's Player of the Week, presented by Eric McDade State Farm. In just his second game with his new team, Christian McCaffrey accomplished something that no player in the NFL has done since 2005. The 49ers running back ran, threw, and caught a touchdown pass in the 49ers' 31-14 win over the Los Angeles Rams. McCaffrey totaled 183 yards on 27 touches and three touchdowns. The last player to accomplish the touchdown trifecta was LaDainian Tomlinson in 2005. Christian McCaffrey is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Pretty amazing stuff. That is our Sports Call Player of the Week presented by Eric McDade State Farm. And, uh, yeah, there's a name for what he did. 
on Sunday. A touchdown trifecta in the same game. Passing, rushing, and receiving. Man. Uh, Christian McCaffrey from JJ's favorite team. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yeah. He's not there anymore, is Second he? Second time it's been brought up today. <laughs> <laughs> Just twisting. I know, for real. What a performance he had, though, man. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that's insane. He's he's such a good and talented player. Uh, great addition by by the uh, 49ers to go and get it, get him, uh, bolster that offense a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he can do it all. <laughs> Here's, and he's always been able to do it all. Right. It's stay healthy. At the end of the day, you can't play if you're hurt, True. injured, out, out of the line. You know, and, and so when McCaffrey has played well, he's done amazing things. There are only three people in the history of the league that have had a season with 1,000 yards receiving and 1,000 yards rushing. Ever. And McCaffrey did it a couple of seasons ago. That's really difficult to do. And now he has a touchdown trifecta in just his second game with his new team. I know this is about him being player of the week, but if you want to feel better about things, tell me. Look, I think Dante Foreman, Deontay Foreman, whoever, however you pronounce that name, Deontay Foreman from Texas, is a quality running back. And just in the small sample size we've seen, it's like. I can't tell you McCaffrey is, would have been more impactful in their last couple of games. They beat Tampa Bay. They took Atlanta down to the wire. I mean, I, I don't I don't really know how McCaffrey changed the equation based on how Foreman played. And so I, I get it. McCaffrey's still a better running back overall. He obviously proved that in a, in a huge game for San Francisco, had buck 70 in total yards. But – you know, you're talking about an older running back that uh, – running back standards, at least. Now he's yeah, not an right. old dude. Relative late to, 20s. Yeah. But, you know, you're talking about a guy that has had these injuries. It's not unfathomable to think in two or three years he's not even going to be a starter in the league. And I mean, I know that sounds be, weird to yeah, say crazy. for someone his quality, but these running backs, they drop off fast, a lot of them. So, you know, he might have a really big season here with San Francisco this year and might really help them out, but – you know, if Carolina's not in a position to do much, which they aren't, then I really, you know, it's not. You're it's a pretty, better, it's yeah. a pretty logical trade, and especially if Foreman ends up being a starter, being as good as he's been here last week or two. Um, you know, he looked tremendous against Atlanta. So, you know, I, I, I would just say, as as good as McCaffrey is, because he's great, to disrespect him. That it made a lot of sense what Carolina would do that deal. Is uh, Karisha McCaffrey? And the San Francisco 49ers, are they now the uh, outright favorites in that NFC West? We take it Seattle for real? I wouldn't say outright favorites. I'd say favorites. Yeah. Favorites. Not outright. Not decisive. Because they still are 4-4. Four and four. Geno's been tremendous this year. It has been. Pete man. Carroll is proving to be every bit worth the coaching shop shops that we thought he had. And, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about the Rams. I don't think they're out of it, though, either. You know, and I, I think the only team I wouldn't worry about if I was San Francisco would be Arizona yeah. in that division. So, I, no, they, they, they might be the favorites, but they're not they're not decisive outright favorites. Is that fair? It is fair. Totally fair. I just like seeing Christian McCaffrey do awesome things. A touchdown trifecta, and he is our Sports Call Player of the Week, presented by Eric McDade State Farm. You could read more about him on our website, uh, we've posted stories on our social media feeds as well. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram 
at Sports Call AU. Fun show so far, and we promise you the fun is going to continue in the second and third hour of Sports Call here today. Alongside Tom, Ryan, and Cam, I'm JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. I'm JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy having a lot of fun here on today's program discussing all of the happenings in the life of Auburn Athletics. Men's basketball season is here as well, Tom. Kind of crazy. We finally got there. An exhibition tonight. There is no radio broadcast. There's no television broadcast. If you want to see Auburn basketball play today... Got to go watch them. You got to go watch them. Got to go get a ticket and walk inside Neville Arena. But nonetheless, the season is here, and their first real game will be this coming Monday against George Mason. Yeah, uh, obviously fans are very excited about Auburn basketball just because of just because of what Bruce Pearl has, has uh, developed this program into. And, I mean, it is a national powerhouse and feels like it's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, we got a taste of what this Auburn team can be when they made that trip to Israel, and we got a chance to see them on the SEC Network. So we know the talent they have, and uh, you're just hoping it translates into wins when it actually really counts, but um, you're going to have to rely on some uh, some newcomers this year. But when you're in the situation that Bruce is, and you're you're sending guys to the NBA as often as you are, you're going to have to keep relying on new guys. But that's what the good teams do. 
they they get the one and done, send them to the NBA, and then they've got the next one and done coming in right behind them. Yeah. So if you're going to end up being a one and done type program, you have to keep bringing in those one and dones, and, and that's what Bruce Pearl has uh, has done a very good job of of doing. And now you look at it right now, and you you know you've got a potential another potential one and done in a uh, in Johan Traor. Um, most people think that he could potentially be that type of guy. Um, Janai, uh, Janai Broom uh, is a great guy. And then you got like Chance Westry. I mean, so there's going to be some some unfamiliar faces out there, but they're still really good players. No doubt about that. They are good players. All right, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 889 We're talking with Jake Crane in just a little bit, so we've got to get to the phone lines right now until we do that and joining us on the program. War Damn Steve. Retired War Damn Steve is here with us on Sports Call today. Hello, Steve. Hi, good afternoon, everybody. I'm on a roll here. I'm so damn excited. Uh, I'm almost as excited as uh, Mr. Cornell Williams is. Yeah, he's very excited for this opportunity, and if you're excited, that means, uh, yeah, you're up there in terms of excitement level. Yep, uh, in fact, he's so excited, I agree with uh, what he said. Only at Auburn do dreams come true. Yes, it was a, a very nice quote that he had there, because it is very true that uh, those dreams can come true. I'm so happy for him, because, you know, I read his uh, press conference comments. I mean, he was just going on and on about how, you know, uh, honored he feels to been appointed to this position and uh, how much Auburn has given to him, how much he wants to get back. You know, I just hope that whoever the new coach that is hired will, you know, definitely consider to keep him on. Do you, do you guys think that, you know, is even likely or do you know, I mean, do you think the new coach will just get rid of everybody? I, you never know, but I, I mean, I think Carnell has done enough and I, I think some of the other guys on the staff have done some great things. So, you you just don't know. I, I mean, that's one of the things that happens with a coaching change. And you know, sometimes they do keep some guys. Sometimes they completely clean house. You you just never know. Yeah, and then I have another beautiful. Uh, uh, I mean, I love these comments. And you know who said this? I've never loved a place more. I've never loved where I live more, and I've never loved the fan base more. It's just never been a better fit. I I don't I don't know who said that. He's going to be coaching our team tonight. Bruce, Mr. Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl. Oh, Bruce All Pearl's, right. Okay. Yeah, uh, I love that because he said he had some opportunities. He I guess some offers uh, to have left. He said uh, my buyout had gone away. He said if I had waited to the end of last year, it would have been easy to go. He said there were a number of jobs out there that I could have gotten. He said I just wasn't interested. I worked too hard to build this program. And I've never been happier. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's good to hear that uh, there are coaches uh, here that uh, just love being here. Uh, now, what I was not pleased to see or read about was uh, some inside information from Philip Marshall's column today. And it was about the, the hiring and firing of uh, uh, Coach Harson. Did you happen to read his comments about that? I, I did not. Same. Did you other guys read it? No, none of us have. Okay, well, this is the nugget from the very end of his column. He said, after an open date when Auburn lost to Arkansas at home, after the game, according to some who were in the locker room, Harson lit into his players, putting all the blame on them and taking none himself. Quote, it was brutal, unbelievable, said one who was there. Guys, uh, you know anything about that? Uh, 
or did you hear anything? I, I mean, <laughs> I haven't heard, but ultimately, who cares? He's not here anymore. So, well, I, I, I mean, like, it, you know, well, what, what do you do? Or, you know, how do you, what do you meant with Harson lived to his players? What do you think? He, I'm sure he probably gave him a butt chewing for for lack of performance. But that's one of the things that uh, people have been critical on Harson is that uh, he he a lot of times tends to pass blame uh, and. Uh, you know he's got to he's got to learn to uh, wherever he ends up he's got to learn to to take some of that blame and, and now that that's with the media now in the locker room you know you start chewing people's butts out and and get whatever you need across but you know I wasn't there I don't know it just sounds like he was chewing their butts out for not playing well yeah well I mean one of the people that apparently he talked to who was in there uh, said it was brutal <laughs> unbelievable. And I'm sure, you know, most football players are pretty um, uh, thin, uh, thick-skinned, aren't they? I, yeah, I, I, and I'm, I'm sure Nick Saban has never had a brutal comment towards any of his players. I mean, he, okay. he is just the nicest guy ever. All right, so moving <laughs> on, guys. I know you're going to have Mr. Jay Crane on in a few minutes, right? Yes, we are. Well, I just saw a two-and-a-half uh, clip here, video, of some comments by Mr. Jay Crane himself on Twitter. And basically, he said that Auburn has made mistakes, no doubt about it. But he said this is still one of the best jobs uh, for college football sure. if uh, a coach wants to take on the challenges. He said, you know, all the resources that are here for a championship team already in place. And the fan base is, you know, one of probably the best in the country. So I was uh, interested to hear him say that. And then we go to finally Mr. Lane Kiffin. Uh, I understand that apparently uh, there is a pine box being uh, built for him right now. Have you heard of something like that? I, I saw something on Twitter of a picture of a pine box coffin um, related to his Twitter handle, but I don't know that that was true. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I read his comments when they asked him about any uh, uh, possibilities of his uh, even considering Auburn. Of course, he, did, he never said no. He deflected it. And said that uh, I enjoy being here at Ole Miss and uh, la 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 la. And then he said, "How about Deion Sanders?" So he deflected it and turned it over. Uh, maybe Aubrey should consider Deion Sanders. What do you what do you think of those comments, guys? Of his deflection? Uh, Not surprised at all. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's got a job to do with Ole Miss yeah. on an SEC teleconference, and they, and they are still battling for a championship. So the last thing Lane Kiffin's going to do is get up there and go, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely interviewing for the Auburn job." You know. Screw Ole Miss! I don't care about y'all. I mean, he's not going to say that. So no, yeah. I, I didn't he, expect that. He had, he thought, handled it the way he needed to handle it. Yeah, I just and Deion Sanders that. handled it the way that he needed to handle it uh, when he was asked specifically about Auburn a couple weeks ago, and he said the only Tigers he's talked to are the Jackson State Tigers. Right, and they're all they both have a fraudulent slips. Yeah, fraudulent slips. <laughs> yeah, that's what he called. That's what, yeah. that's what Deion Sanders called. And then a name came up. Out of the blue from CBS Sports, uh, uh, Dodd, did you see uh, who he thinks might be considered? Kenny Dillingham. Oh, goodness. No. What What would you make of that, guys? Uh, that would be that Auburn has struck out on all of their top guys and they are having to resort to, to AAA. To that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was worried about. Surely they wouldn't be considering him, would they? Uh, not not right now, no. But uh, again, 
If you don't get any of your top guys, you got a month to do this. Yeah, if people you, are creating conversation, right. and and yeah, if if, if you got to have somebody coach this team. All right, but my gosh, I I think you know from what Jay Crane said, you know this is a, a, a prime uh, job to, to to come to Auburn. You know, we're yeah. he said infernal you know territory for recruits. No, it is. Auburn has a. Uh, $13 million NIL collective that keeps growing by the day. They're about to open a $12.5 million football-only state-of-the-art facility over there. You've got the most one of the most passionate fan bases in all of college football. Um, you've got one of the deepest histories uh, in college football with your program. So, yeah, I mean, everything is there for the taking. And, and that's also why it's so frustrating that a guy like Brian Harson would come in, could come in here and just not do anything with that. Not, I mean, no, no recruiting, no uh, transfers. I mean, that's what why people are so frustrated with Harson is that you do have so many great things here that you can use to your advantage, and he used none of them. Steve, we got to let you go. We got to get to Jake Crane. Thanks for the call I today. All right, guys. Thank you for your time, and I'm looking forward to hearing the uh, uh, game on the radio. So until uh, I guess tomorrow. You guys have a safe afternoon and evening, and War Eagle, guys. War Eagle. That's uh, retired War Damn Steve joining us on the show. 334-887-3401. we got to get to Jake Crane here in just a moment. We'll get one more phone call in here before our next commercial break. Joining us here on the show, we've got... Snake from Pulaski County. Snake has called back into the program. Hey, Snake. These are the times that try men's souls. Let's face it. The Auburn football program is on the rocks. The game Saturday was a joke. Even the even Birmingham couldn't bail out the Tigers this time. They tried two long calls in the first quarter, but after that, it was hopeless. And the only thing, apparently, that... Auburn doesn't like is money. How deep is that yellow feller's pocket? It's a big question. Twenty-two million, twenty-two million to Malzahn, I believe, on his buyout, and it's reported that will it be sixteen million to Harson? Fifteen point five. So yes, sixteen. He beats Mercer in San Jose State and instantly becomes a multi-millionaire. Pretty much. Yeah, it started off 6-2 and two last season, uh, but some injuries and a, a five-game losing streak to end the year and just wasn't able to accomplish a whole lot this season. Well, you know, everyone that leads the program, however, seems to come out on top. Malzahn, for example, he's wealthy and he's coaching a successful team. Uh, Harson is now a multi-millionaire. Even Bo Nick. He leaves the program, and Oregon's seven and one. Both having a great year out west, that's for sure. Now, I guess the question is, who's the brain trust making all these decisions? Now, I understand that Alan Green, back in September, I guess it was, was offered up as the sacrificial lamb. But is that where the root of the problem is? I mean, the, the athletic director is always going to be the, the guy front and center. And Alan Green was, was let go, and there's many reasons why. And uh, and it was explained by many of the beat writers why Alan Green was let go. Uh, I I think the 
the quote unquote booster meddling is, is a little bit blown out of proportion. I mean, it does happen, but uh, it's not like they are the ones making the ultimate decisions. The uh, the athletic director is. In fact, you saw that happen with the hiring of Brian Harson. The the people that were the 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 powers that be, if you will, wanted Kevin Steele, and Alan Green went and made a trip out to Boise and uh, apparently had a rendezvous in the hot tub with Brian Harson and convinced him to come here and be the coach. And so that was not the boosters doing that. That was Alan Green did that on his own. And now the failed attempt to bring in Hunter Juracek to Arkansas, um, that looks bad in the press. I, I mean – It does – well, you know, the thing it does, it, it does but – you have so if you're Auburn, you have to at least talk to him and see what his interest is in that. I mean, uh, I, I know you're a huge Arkansas fan. We're not great big Arkansas fans here, but when we call it what it is, Yurichek has one of the best programs or overall programs going. He's one of the best ads in the country. So if you're Auburn and you're looking for an athletic director, you have to go and at least talk to him. And sure, he turned it down because I mean he's got a great thing going. But if you're Auburn, you have to yeah, go why, talk I mean, to him. Why? Why would he come? Why would he step into that program, which is probably the most dysfunctional program that I can think of? Now, well, Auburn's again, been well, a proud, uh, has a has a has a proud football tradition and history, and no one's going to take exception to that. But now it seems like everything they do is wrong. I mean, and the talk is now you're going to bring in Neon Dion Sanders. If you want to create a real circus atmosphere, that that would be the next step. I mean, where is the program going? What direction? And who's going to lead it? Well, I mean, we we're hoping whoever that next coach is is going to take him in the in that direction. I personally want Deion Sanders because I would it be a circus show probably, but. I think it would be a circus in a good way because I think he would rejuvenate the the fan base. The recruits are already saying how that they would definitely come to Auburn for Dion. There's a bunch of guys that are committed elsewhere that are saying they'd flip to Auburn if Dion came here. And right now, that's what Auburn needs. They they've got to get some Jimmys and Joes on the field before they can start thinking about the wins and losses. And Dion Sanders is the guy that can do that. And so I think Auburn would be willing to take the quote unquote circus show of Dion Sanders here for the ability to bring guys in that can make them a winner. Can they take that risk after all these uh, failed attempts? I mean, you have to. You're taking a risk anytime you replace a head coach. That's always a risk, and so, yeah. I mean, you you have to take a risk. So, who will make that call? That that would be the new athletic director. Um, yeah, John Cohen. John Cohen. Is Cohen? I was like, is it Jay Cohen? Uh, John <laughs> Cohen. Uh, John Cohen. New athletic director. He's the one that's going to make those decisions. So in the past, they felt that ASU coaching tree was the answer. But, I mean, you've only got Blake Anderson who's having a bad year. And Butch Jones is 2-7 and seven at ASU. You've got to go somewhere other than that. You'll have to find somewhere else to go. Yep. Well, Snake, we got to let you go. we got to run here. But uh, we appreciate you calling and looking forward to talking in uh, basketball season, okay? I'll call you in basketball. We, we got beat by 30 points by Texas in an expedition. Exhibition game. We were ranked number six by Blue Ribbon and number eight by SI. So we'll see if those freshmen can step up to the task, and we'll talk during hoop season, okay? All right. All right. Thank you. That's Bye. our pal uh, Snake from Pulaski County joining us on the show. It's it's crazy here with Sports Call. Anytime we play Arkansas, 
Callers all the way in Arkansas are able to call in and be a part of the program. J.J. Jackson here with my good buddy Tom Peavy and Ryan Lavoy on the program. And we're going to keep the good vibes going as we are uh, so excited to go to our Auburn Bank phone line right now. And joining us on his birthday today, we've got the one and only Jake Crane, the host of Crane & Company, kind enough to join us on the show. Uh, Jake, first and foremost, happy birthday to you, sir, and thanks for making time for us here in Auburn. Oh, definitely, man. I'm getting old. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, I've stopped looking at it in years. I'm looking at it in levels now. Uh, So I'm at level 33. It just sounds better. Uh, You know, I do want to say something quick, and I appreciate you guys having me, Tom. It's great to talk to you, buddy. Great to see you guys at NCC Media Day, JJ as well. Okay, we're talking about exhibition basketball games. You remember when Auburn lost to Barry in the exhibition basketball and then went to the Final Four? Like, I'm not worried about an exhibition basketball game. And I just want to say that. There you go. Well, uh, so before we get to talking a lot of sports, I need to know, has your mouth recovered from eating the Pocky chip? (laughs) Man, look, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I mean, I lived in Mobile for six years. I've eaten some spicy stuff. I've had the hottest of the hot when it comes to Creole. Whatever evil scientists and doctors concocted that one-chip challenge, <laughs> there's a special place in hell for those guys. Um, but, you know, I went eight minutes. I answered all the questions for Michael Knowles uh, without having to get, get a drink. So, you know, I used Ninja Focus, uh, which I rarely use, but I had to use it in this instance. But, uh, yes, I am recovered. I didn't swallow it, though, thank God, because that's what they said. That's why everybody has uh, stomach problems after. So I drank about two gallons of milk, but other than that, I was all right. Jay Crane's here with us again, the host of Crane and & Company. And, uh, it's been a busy week in the life of Auburn Athletics. Brian Harson has been fired and Cadillac is now the interim coach. Jake, we knew we were going to get to this point. Uh, at some point, I think some folks thought by this time it'd be at the end of the year. Auburn makes the move with four games left in the season. Why did they do that, you think? Well, you know, I think it's I think it's something that we're seeing more in the college game. I mean, just look last year. I mean, it worked out for LSU. It worked out for USC. You're starting to see guys get let go earlier. Uh, I think because it does allow you more time for the search, but also it gives you more time to find a guy and get stuff prepared for that early signing period in December. Uh, it's all about the timeline, and everybody knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Y'all knew it was coming. The players knew it was coming. Uh, I'm glad they finally did it. Now you got an AD. Now you got to go make a good decision. Trying to find who that next head football coach could be for Auburn is the million-dollar question that everyone wants to know the answer to it. And we've got to wait a while for this season to come to an end uh, for many of these coaches before we could figure out who exactly that's going to be. But uh, what names are you hearing? Like, who are the most popular guys you think that could be the next man to lead Auburn? Well, you know, the way this works is typically the first name or a couple names you hear, they never get the job. So uh, you've got a lot of time. This is a marathon, not a sprint. I, you know, Hugh Freeze is a guy that I think Roberts would have to sign off on. I think that's the biggest roadblock for Hugh Freeze, uh, who I think would be the guy that could maybe turn this thing around the quickest. Uh, you know, the Deion Sanders talk is, is fun. Uh, do I think it'd be the worst hire in the world? No, but why is nobody talking about what happens if Florida State goes seven and five this year, which is very likely, then goes five and seven next year and they fire Mike Norvell? You think Deion's staying at Auburn over going home to Florida State? No. This next guy has got to be a guy that's in it for the long term, a guy that's hungry, a guy that understands the lay of the land. That doesn't mean he has to be from the South, but he needs to have SEC experience. Hugh Freeze checks all the boxes except the baggage. And you know what? Everybody's not perfect. He did some stupid stuff. But there's been a lot of coaches that have done stupid stuff. 
And the minute that Hugh Freeze came in here and started winning, it would be it would be forgotten quicker than Drew Barrymore in 51st dates, man. So at the end of the day, do you want to win? How bad does Arbor want to win? Bama wants to win worse than anybody still. That's why they gave the bag to Nick Saban. Hell, if I'm Auburn, I'm making Urban Meyer tell me no. But from a realistic standpoint, uh, I'm not going to make a prediction for a while. And like I said, the, the first couple names you hear don't get it. But the name I am hearing the most is Lane Kiffin right now from people that I trust. Same people that told me that Gus Malzahn was going to get fired after the South Carolina game when, they, when everybody in Auburn is trying to crucify me for saying that, and it ended up happening. The same people are saying the Lane Kiffin talk is real. But I don't trust Jimmy Sexton. I don't trust Jimmy Sexton at all. His hands are all over this. His hands are all over any everything. But another name to kind of keep in the back of your mind is Sonny Dykes a little bit at TCU. That name, I think, has a little more merit, and it's hanging out there in the back window. But, again, Sonny's in a great spot. You just went to TCU. You're undefeated. You're in the top ten in the college football playoff, and it's a great way to leverage where you're at right now. We saw Mel Tucker bleed Michigan State dry after one good year early in his tenure. So it's a marathon, not a sprint, but a gun-to-my-head prediction right now uh, would be Lane Kiffin. Yeah, so and I, I've been hearing a lot of the Lane Kiffin talk too, but here's a concern of mine, and I'm wondering, you know, get your thoughts on it. Lane has been very vocal about his uh, – uh, displeasure at Ole Miss as far as their NIL stuff goes, and that seems like that's attractive for Auburn as they've got that $13 million collective going right now, that, and it keeps growing. But how much do you think that Lane might be using Auburn as leverage on Ole Miss to try to get some better NIL stuff going? Oh, I think it's as good of a chance as it is as Lane taking the Auburn job. Look, this is the game, all right? This is the chess match. You strike while the iron's hot. That's why coaches always pray for movement. Movement means raises. These guys have this thing all planned out typically. They all basically have the same agent. Hell, in some cases, the, co- uh, the, the two coaches have the same agent, and he'll play both of them off each other to make uh, both of them even more money. So right now, look, it's nothing but a guess. You're going to hear names. that There's going to be names that pop up. But at the end of the day, who legitimately would take the job? Who has a gripe with where they're at? Uh, I think Lane is a legitimate candidate right now. Now, will that last? Who knows? And everybody's saying that, oh, well, the state of Mississippi, you are, they only can do four-year deals. Uh, let me go ahead and tell you something. If they want Lane bad enough, they're going to find a way to get money outside of the employment system to be able to make him happy. And there's a lot of ways to do it. NIL isn't only for the players. Don't ever forget that. Jake Crane's here with us. He's the host of Crane & Company. We're talking about Auburn football as they turn towards the rest of the season. Cadillac Williams is the interim head coach. What would you think of this move, Jake? I think it's good for Caddy. Uh, I mean, again, it's great to put on a resume, hell, especially when, <laughs> when you're trying to move up the coaching ranks like he is. But it, it's good for him. Do I think he's going get, to get hired? I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't see that happening. But it's good for Cadillac. I hope the new staff retains him. Obviously, the cachet he has from what he did in his career, but understanding Auburn, because whoever this new Auburn coach is, they need somebody on staff that can tell them when it's a bad idea. I don't think Brian Harson had that. He had all his Boise, Boise boys come down here, and they told him every idea he had was great. Yeah, coach, that's a fantastic idea. They'll love it down here. No, you need somebody that understands how it works to say, Coach, listen, I don't think this is the best idea, and here's why. What's the chance that uh, Auburn can find themselves 
in a bowl game. Like if you're looking at a, a, a zero to one hundred scale, you throw out a percentage our way, knowing that you've got Mississippi State, AM, Western Kentucky, and then the Iron Bowl. You gotta win three of them. The percent that Auburn can have lightning in the bottle, that Cadillac can revitalize this group on the field, how likely can they get that done and become bowl eligible, Jake? Well, I think about the likelihood of a Ouija board actually being real. Uh, I just <laughs> I just don't see it uh, with the personnel you have. I mean, look, it changes the structure of, of the structure of things. You're hearing from different voices. Guys are hitting the portal. Uh, it, it's just a very disorganized time. And I'm not saying that Cadillac doesn't have a handle on it, but it's just the nature of the beast. It's how it is. And to be honest with you, the best thing for Auburn is probably not to make a bowl game. They need to go out, get this new coach, and go out and recruit and go out and recruit the transfer portal. Uh, typically, you know, we always talk about the best benefit of a bowl game outside of being in the college football playoff or even a New Year's Six is the extra practice time that you get with the young players with a coach that's there that's building or a coach that's trying to keep on reloading and see putting those young guys in some pressure situations. It's like a free spring practice. Well, hell, Auburn's not going to have any players by the time this thing happens the way it's looking right now. So, I think the best thing for Auburn is not to make a bowl game, as crazy as that sounds. I mean, what, you want to go play in the play in the uh, OnlyFans.com Bowl or the Duke's Mayo Bowl or something? What are you going to get out of that? Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. So with that being said, though, how, how does this work then? If there's a coach that is currently in another position, you do want to be able to recruit, and Cadillac is going to make sure. He talked about it today on the SEC teleconference. That recruiting has to be a priority. He's already sending offers out and that sort of thing. And I would imagine Cadillac Williams would like to be considered for the staff of the new coach that's hired and that sort of thing. How can you work? Uh, I guess we're just not uh, aware of all the communication that can happen behind closed doors, even while people have other jobs. Well, it's unbelievably hard. I mean, they don't know who the head coach is going to be. Now, now, from a personal standpoint, if you're Cadillac Williams, you want to go out and get some guys committed and make yourself look even better for the new staff. Be like, hey, we got to keep this guy. Look at these recruits he's got on the hook. He's kept them hot for us, waiting for a head coach, and now we can pounce, but we got to keep Cadillac to get these kids. That's really what it's about because, again, uh, it's, it's you're recruiting without a captain. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard, especially when – you know, you're trying to go get good players, and then you're trying to beat out Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Tennessee. They're all stable right now. Auburn's unstable. It's almost impossible. If Ole Miss is able to move forward this season and say they beat Alabama, Jake, and say Ole Miss is the SEC West representative, is that factoring into Lane Kiffin's mind at all, seeing like, wait a minute, I can win at Ole Miss. Why go and restart at Auburn? Or is it simply that you look at the resources Auburn has and that's still going to be uh, the clear direction that he should go in? Does that Alabama game, does that, does Ole Miss's chances of making the SEC title game, does that impact what could happen with his candidacy for the Auburn head football coach? I think it affects his price tag more than it affects his decision to stay there or leave. The better Ole Miss does, the higher the price goes. It's just the nature of the beast. How do you see the rest of this SEC season playing out then with the the big games this weekend in the SEC West, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, Georgia? How do you see this all playing out? Well, man, you know, I I think Georgia's going to win. I think it's going to be a good game, and therefore Georgia would, you know, represent the East. Tennessee still with obviously a great shot to make the playoff, a loss on the road at Georgia. That's a hell of a loss if you're going to have one. Looking at the West, obviously it's jumbled. I do think Alabama drops one of LSU and Ole Miss. Then it's going to come down to whether the the team that beats them 
is able to, you know, win the tiebreaker? Do they have enough wins in the Western Division? Because if they all finish two and two, and Alabama splits with LSU and, and Ole Miss, and the team that out of LSU, Alabama, and Ole Miss, uh, the team was still one loss. If they lose another game, Alabama by default, because they have more wins in the division, would represent the West. So uh, I think there is a really good chance that you're going to see Georgia versus a team from the West that is not Alabama. Talking with Jake Crane here, the host of Crane & Company, on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Let's get back to the Auburn coaching search before we get you out of here. You know, we mentioned some of those big names that we've heard so far with Hugh Freeze, Deion Sanders, Lane Kiffin. You threw Sonny Dykes our way. What about some of those former Auburn guys that their names keep coming up, whether it be Jeff Grimes or Charles Kelly? D- does Auburn need to make this a true Auburn guy? And how does this new athletic director factor into what's about to take place, Jake? Well, you know, John Cohen isn't a yes man. That's what people need to understand. You know, there's a common misconception that everybody Auburn hires is a yes man. John Cohen is not a yes man. I don't think he would have taken this job if he didn't feel like he was going to be able to choose, legitimately choose, who the next head coach was. Uh, I love Charles Kelly. He's known me since I was a little boy. Him and my him and my father were very close. I just don't think he's the right guy at the right time. I question whether Jeff Grimes can put a staff around him good enough that can compete against the teams you're going to have to compete against in the SEC. I don't think you go old school with this one. I think this one needs to be a splash that knows how to put a staff around them. That'd be so amazing if Auburn were able to make a splash on the football side of things, Jake. We know how much Auburn football means to you and your family, and uh, I I just want to see that happen. I want a splash to be made, Jake. Yeah, look, Auburn deserves it. I mean, Auburn deserves good football. They, They give everything to the football team. The city runs on the football team. Like Auburn fans deserve a good product. And, you know, by making a big hire, by making the right hire, returning Auburn back to where they need to be, the fans deserve it. What's the coolest thing that you've got coming up on Crane and Company over the next few days, few weeks? What can we be on the lookout for? Oh, uh, man, we are our, our uh, special Friday pickers, Jeff Foxworthy, this week. So uh, really what? excited to get Jeff on. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's a great guy. We had him on last year when I was doing the J-Boy show. Obviously, now we're at Crane & Company over with the Daily Wire uh, and Ben Shapiro and all them. So uh, check it out, man. Just go to YouTube. Type in C-R-A-I-N and Company. You'll find us. Uh, I got to pie Blaine in the face the other day. That was pretty sweet. Solid. Because uh, he lost his uh, fantasy bet. That was, that was uh, one of the highlights of my life, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, Pieing your brother. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Jay, we appreciate the time as always. We'll have to do this again sometime soon, okay? Definitely, guys. Appreciate y'all. All right. All right that's our good pal Jake Crane, the host of Crane & Company, joining us here on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 If you'd like to call in and chat with us, feel free to do so. The Auburn Bank phone line is wide open. We'll talk to you in a moment here on Sports Call. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. All right, 
Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM. And on the Tiger Communications app, I'm JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy. Our thanks again to Jake Crane for joining us on the program. Always appreciate the uh, national perspective that he offers. Also, that uh, hometown touch, being from here, his father being a standout All-American linebacker for the Tigers back in the 80s. Uh, and Crane and Company, a good show that you should absolutely check out on YouTube if you've got the time. 334-887-3401 to be a part of our program. And we hate for it to be overkill to talk so much about the future of this Auburn football program, to talk about the coaching search. However, it's what you do. we got a month of this, and uh, it's the big question that everyone wants to know, how your football program can move forward and uh, trying to figure out who in the world is going to be that coach you put in place. So... Whether it be Lane Kiffin, Deion Sanders, Hugh Freeze, the three big names, the betting favorites. Again, Hugh Freeze is still today the betting favorite to be the next head football coach, followed by Lane Kiffin, and then followed by uh, Deion Sanders. Uh, folks in Las Vegas making the odds and that sort of thing, we're just passing along the word. So we're going to have to uh, talk about this a lot over the next few weeks, fellas. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I I'm not the biggest Hugh Freeze guy. I, I'm not sure that he can do the stuff here at Auburn to the level that needs to get done like like he did at Ole Miss <laughs> under odd circumstances, I guess you want to say. Um I don't I don't know that he can recruit on that level without doing what he did at Ole Miss. I, I'm not sold on that. So he he's down the list for me. Um he's still pretty high up with me. Um I think my deal is that there's just a huge chasm between one and two uh for me there's a very strong preference for me and that's lane kiffin um i think there's kind of a next tier down there i i a name that i again none of these guys would would rival lane i would be way more intrigued and and i can't remember who brought this up maybe it was terry uh, i'd be way more intrigued by Kendall Bryles than than right. Jeff Grimes. I don't think it's a great time to hire a young coordinator because you, you kind of uh, – you've got a lot of work to do, and obviously there's not going to be a whole lot of proof that a coordinator is going to get that done. But at the same time, I mean, if you start talking getting past two or three people, you know, I, I, I would prefer him to, to Grimes and – uh, you know, I know a lot of people have thrown around nationally Matt Rule's name. I don't think I don't think Matt Rule's a bad college football coach. I just don't think he fits Auburn. Yeah. You know, I, I think if he went to another Big Twelve school or went somewhere up in the Northeast because he went, to, you know, he was at Temple before he went to Baylor, I think he'd do fine. I think he'd do a good job. I'm not saying he's a bad college coach, but I think I think fit matters. And maybe I'm just scarred from the Brian Harson experience, but Auburn took their shot at a guy that was out West, uh, no big ties to the South. Uh, you know, the closest thing would be that coordinating job at Texas and it face planted in every sense of the word. It was bad. And everyone can realize how bad that was. At least, uh, you know, all the other coaches Auburn's had dating back to Pat Dye had something redeeming about them. They had some good seasons. They had a big moment, you know, even as bad as the, the 2012 and the end of Gene Chizik went, you have the national championship. And yeah. yes, you can say that's 99% on Cam Newton and Nick Fairley and whoever, whatever player, but Gene Chizik was the coach of the national championship team. So at least under his tenure, 
there was something really good to talk about. Gus had his good seasons. Tuberville had his good seasons. Everyone talks about 04. There was also an 06 team or 07 team that went to the Cotton Bowls, 11 win team, or as a 10 and 2 team. So, you know, that. There were pl- there's all these coaches had had something positive to hold on to. Not Brian Harson, um, not at all. And so I just think that you want to get something that's nothing like Brian Harson, <laughs> nothing at all. And and you need to be sure about the ties and the fit. Uh, as Jake said, not necessarily someone that's from the South, but someone that's been in the South. You know, and, and so that's why a guy like. Um, you know, a, a guy like Rule just doesn't make any sense to me. If you're going down the list, a couple, I think, I think just about everyone has got either Lane or or Dion. Sanders or maybe Hugh as as yeah. their favorite guy. Now, Hugh would definitely be a distant third, but I think of all the other candidates, Hugh might be third. It's just interesting um, that he is the betting favorite, right? That in Las and, Vegas, he is the betting favorite. I, and, sure, and I, I think I think that's the case. Maybe on the betting lines because of where he's at. It's a school that. Do you think that he would easily leave for bigger pastures from Liberty? So you got that. I think they're looking at it as that, you know, the betting favorite or betting line that Deion Sanders is just not realistically going to come to Auburn. And then the other would be Lane Kiffin, who has a great SEC job, and why the hell would you leave a, a current SEC job to that's their logic. go to Auburn? I think yeah. that's their logic on that betting favorites that – Logically, when you look at it, Hugh Freeze does make the most sense just because of it would be easier for him to leave where he's at. Let's head to the phone lines. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 if you would like to call in to be a part of the program as we go there. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony has called into Sports Call here today. Hello, Anthony. Hello, guys. How you guys doing today? Doing great. You know, uh, we talk about fit this and fit that. The only thing's going to fit Auburn is somebody can win, somebody that can recruit. Somebody that can organize a staff, a staff willing to follow this person, believe in them 100%, the team believes in them 100%, the boosters and everybody else associated with it believes in them 100%. That's the only thing going to fit Auburn. This nonsense about, oh, he got to be from the South and this and that. You need somebody that's going to win. That's just all to it. You can get anybody you want from the South and they got to fit him or, and has, or whatever. They got to win. Nothing else is going to do it. They need somebody that it's can take easier. them to Hallelujah Land. Cause that's, listen, people want to go to Hallelujah Land. That's just it. Winning seven, eight games, nine games they ain't going to cut the muscle because it ain't what they want. They want the grand prize. They, that's what they want. You got to have somebody that can do do that, whoever that is. Yeah, you but, know, we talk about huh? – I, I, So the, the fit, though, is very important because and, – and, again, it doesn't have to be a guy from the South, but it needs to be somebody that is a good fit. It's got to be somebody that can relate to the high school kids in the South, that can relate to the high school coaches in the South – can relate to the boosters that are here at Auburn. Understands he, the challenges. Uh, right. Understands the challenges. Understands exactly what it's a, about to coach football in the southeastern part of the United States. And that's something Harson just didn't get. Well, I think in this day and time, a money bag would, would take care of that problem because that's what everybody wants, some moolah money, some cheese. That's what everybody's interested in. That's what everybody mindset on. That's what everybody wants. I think money, the right kind of money, enough of it, will <laughs> take care of that problem. I mean, you can get some athletes over there, but nowadays you got to have some money. Everybody got this NIL, and they got these deals set up. Need to get with these uh, corporate corporations, the people that got ties and friends that are working in, in, in corporate America. Need to call these people, uh, get with these companies, and uh, see what kind of moolah, what kind of deals they can come up with. Spread that bread around and get some talent in here and get somebody that can coach it. Auburn, ain't, Auburn just don't have no talent. I've been telling you all that for years, and it's finally caught up with everybody. Just ain't got it. 
Ain't not gonna beat nobody with that. What they got over there right now, it just ain't. You got one. Don't you got one bright spot here or there, but you don't have anything to go around it. And when you ain't got anything to go around something, one man just can't. Uh, just not gonna do it unless he's Superman or something. We ain't seen that since Cam Newton, you know. So, uh, but uh, I tell you, it's gonna be interesting to see who they bring in. You know, y'all mentioned Hugh Freeze. Uh, Hugh Freeze probably would be the guy. You know, uh, we've seen what he's done. At, we saw what he did at Ole Miss when he was at Ole Miss as far as winning games and beating Alabama and everything. And uh, we saw what he did at Liberty. I mean, you know, got them going bowling, uh, mess around. Malik Willis went there and, and, and got developed. And now he's in the NFL making that bread, which Auburn couldn't develop. And that guy would have stayed at Auburn. He would have had no shot at the NFL. Bo Nix would have stayed at Auburn. He clearly would have had no shot at nothing. Now this guy's a, a number two, a number three in the line. Possibly can win a Heisman Trophy. And I'm going to tell you something. Based out of what I saw out of Bo Nix uh, this past weekend <laughs> and based out of probably what he's going to do the next four or five games, and, go, and then I think he got that championship game to make it there, Bo Nix may, very well could be your Heisman Trophy winning candidate. He could be the candidate that wins that Heisman this year, and I hope he does. I really hope he does go ahead and win that thing. And that just goes to show you that Auburn ain't really had no kind of coaching around there lately to develop anything. But hopefully – you know, then you talk about Deion Sanders. I don't think Deion Sanders is going to fit over. I, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think no people here are not ready for that. I would love to see it. Uh, you know, uh, African-American given the opportunity to uh, get that financial reward that Sylvester Croom talked about when he was uh, uh, trying to get a job and everything. But I don't think the people are ready for that. They're just not. They're not going to turn it over to it. They're just not going to do it. I really don't. You know, like uh, Tony Dun- don't get me wrong. I, I would say this. If Tony Dungeon was 10 years younger, then I think he'd be a perfect, perfect fit for Auburn University. But that ain't the case. But uh, we're going to see what they're going to come up with. But they're going to have to hit a home run higher, whoever that home run is. They better find it because anything less is not going to do it. If they don't get that home run higher, this new athletic director will be out on his keister in about two years. And I'll call you back and, 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 and we'll talk about it. But let me get my pick in. I think this way uh, Auburn is right now is in the it's, it's, it's further than the dumps. It's out in the ocean. It's in the Pacific Ocean somewhere. You know, Hawaii or, or or Guam or somewhere out in the Pacific Ocean. I think uh, I'm gonna say 54, 17. Or better yet, uh, you got people calling plays for the first time, been calling plays and gonna try to set up some plays. It could be 54 to nothing. So I say 54 to 17 or 54 to nothing. Well, I call you back Monday and we'll talk about it. I'm gonna get me some dinner here and I'm gonna go to work and make me a whole lot of money tonight. I'll talk to y'all later. All that money. All right, we appreciate it. That's uh, Anthony from Auburn. Joining us here on the show. Did you catch that, Tom? He opened the call by saying it doesn't matter about fit, and then his logic for Deion Sanders not being the coach is he didn't fit. Right. So good stuff from Anthony. (laughs) Uh, That's Anthony chatting with us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. You can call in and chat with us as well by dialing 334-887-3401. One hour left to go. A hump day update. Joe Bartle of Rotowire with fantasy football advice. Our nightly TV. So much to do. We're having so much fun here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Alongside Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy. My name is JJ Jackson. Two hours of the Bucks and we're rolling.
two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm joined today on the program by Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, and Cam Berry. We hope that you're doing well on this Wednesday. If you have any thoughts going on in the wide world of sports, we would love to hear from you. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 Coming up at the end of the program today, we're going to be chatting with Joe Bartle from Rotowire. Our weekly fantasy conversation as uh, it's getting to be crunch time for a lot of people during the fantasy football season. Uh, you're starting to get a better playoff picture and more. So... Uh, you know that's uh, awesome, so make sure you check out uh, our conversation with him a little bit later. If you haven't done so already, please go back and listen to our interviews that we had yesterday with Justin Ferguson and Brandon Marcello. All of that can be done on the Sports Call podcast. Please subscribe to the Sports Call podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. Five-star Friday's coming up. We haven't done it in a few weeks. We'll be sure to give out five-star shout-outs for folks that take the time to leave us a five-star rating and review. Again, your support means the absolute world to us. As we get set to rock and roll here in this third hour of the program today, let's give you the Daily Show recap. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Daily Show Recap. Tom Peavy, what's happened so far in our show today? Auburn, 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 Auburn. Yeah, Auburn. coaching search specifically. Jake, Jake Crane. Yes, Auburn, Good conversation Auburn, with him. Auburn. <laughs> that was well done. A good summary right there. There you go. Coaching search, coaching search. Coaching search, coaching search. Dion Lane, Dion Lane, Dion Lane, Dion Lane. <laughs> Hugh Freeze. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Graham sucks. <laughs> there you oh, go. There's your, re- There's your recap. There's your you recap. don't need anything else. You don't need anything else. All right. What we'll do to get this hour started is this. Time for your sports call hump day update on the Campbell Gamble's football team. Oh, buddy. All right. Hump day update. Last week, we told you, big matchup coming up for the Campbell Fighting Camels. A big one on the road in Greensboro. A battle of in-state schools between Campbell University 
and North Carolina A&T. The Fighting Camels versus the Aggies. Based on mascots alone, I kind of like the Camels' chances in that one. But on the gridiron itself, what happened, fellas? Well, high-scoring game. High-scoring game. And a bit of a letdown after that close Jackson State game. Yeah, uh, yeah they lose to the uh, North Carolina A&T Aggies. They lose 45-38. to 38. So uh, the Campbell Camels fall to 4-4 four and four on the year. North Carolina A&T improves to 5-3. and three. Uh, so yeah, uh, very high scoring game. Just defense couldn't get the stops. It looks like, uh, Haj Malik Williams quarterback for Campbell had a big day, 31 of 47, 426 yards and two touchdowns. He did have wow. an intercept. He did have an interception. Um, he was also their leading rusher with 11 carries for 56 yards. So, uh, uh, yeah, Haj Malik Williams doing some good things for, uh, for, uh, the, the Campbell camels, but, uh, yeah, the uh, they could not overcome the running of North Carolina A and T's Basial Tutton. Thirty carries, huh. two hundred and fifty-six yards, including a long of seventy, and two touchdowns. And that's the first loss in the conference in the Big South for Campbell yep. this year. Was a road game for him. Four and four overall record now. Two and one. In the Big South. And, uh, again, they played Jackson State. They played Deion Sanders a few weeks ago. Lost that game by eight. So, uh, fellas, unfortunately, we're riding a two-game losing streak for our beloved Campbell Camels. What's next up for for Campbell? Uh, Next up, they are playing at the the Bryant Bulldogs, who are currently two and six, November the fifth at one p.m. Uh, if you want to watch the Campbell Camel fight, the Campbell Fighting Camels, you can see them on ESPN Plus. But they are yeah, at the Bryant Bulldogs. So four and four Campbell versus the two and six Bryant Bulldogs. Maybe Campbell can get back into their winning ways. Now, Tom, did you know where Bryant is located? Because I did not know this. I had no clue where Bryant was located. So I have no clue. I, I'm. I'm going to assume it's somewhere in the Carolina vicinity. Yeah, north of there, though. Smithfield, Rhode Island. Rhode Island? All right. Yeah, Rhode Island. I I did not know that. Um, (laughs) So at least that side of the country, but... Uh, I you know you've you've heard of Bryant before. They're kind of a team that in basketball you might play from time right. to time as a, as a weak non conference opponent. But uh, yeah, the they'll be going to Smithfield, Rhode Island for that one. I had to do some seven hundred and eight miles separate the two campuses right there. It's quite a deal. Eleven hour drive in the car if you wanted to make it. Yeah, I'll pass. Whew. Says the one that drives seven hours. Right. Let us let me see. I mean, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that game then, fellas. Hopefully we can, again, Another like big I said, South game. snap that uh, two-game losing streak. And then the, uh, they'll their last home game of the year will be the next week. Well, they'll play Gardner-Webb, another right. state of North Carolina foe. And, and another Bulldog. And Senior Day, Parents' Day, North Carolina Barbecue Bowl. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, Bryant is 2-6. and six. They're 0-3. In Big South, gotta play. get the dub, yeah. So yeah, we're, we're we're playing the Bryant Bulldogs this week, and then the Gardner Webb Running Bulldogs next week. I did not. Are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard them call the Running, the running Bulldogs. Bulldogs. That's because that's man. another team that big college and basketball and plays. And yeah. Okay. Sure. There the Running Bulldogs, and I'm almost certain uh, that they're yeah without a G running. 
Running. Not running. Kind of like the running They're rebels. Just running bulldogs, which is fun. Which well, is fun. they've got that going for them. They though. do have that going for them. All right, uh, what a fun Campbell Camels hump day update that is. And uh, folks needed to hear that. So there you go. <laughs> Let's take our first commercial break of this third and final hour of the program today. Alongside Tom PV, Ryan LaVoy, I'm JJ Jackson. Back in a moment here on Sports Call. you want to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au i'm sammy coates former auburn football player and all sec wide receiver and you are listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Back on Albert's first and Albert's favorite sports talk show, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy taking your phone calls, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 We're getting set for a conversation with Joe Bartle of Rotowire in just a little while. And uh, it's going to be a good time, good time to chat with him as a lot of things are happening in the National Football League. Busy trade deadline yesterday. A lot of offensive players are going to be greatly impacted by new landing spots. As you saw with our Sports Call Player of the Week, Christian McCaffrey, pulling off the touchdown trifecta. What a cool name that is. And uh, what a cool feat. A passing, receiving, and rushing touchdown. Pretty good day at the office there for McCaffrey. So that conversation's coming up here in just a little bit. And then again tonight... Auburn basketball takes on Alabama Huntsville. There is no radio broadcast for the game. It is not streaming on the SEC Network. It's not streaming on the SEC Network Plus. If you want to watch the game, you need a ticket to get inside Neville Arena to do that. But, uh, fellas, it's pretty wild that all of a sudden you look at the calendar, it's November, and here we are playing some college hoops. And and the Auburn fan base needs this because, honestly, I mean, let's – there hasn't been much to cheer for in the football season and the snowball just kept going downhill and it just got worse and then it just got to the point where Auburn fans didn't even care anymore it felt like and so now you're into a sport that has a lot of uh hype to it uh nationally ranked um highly nationally ranked highly thought of obviously Bruce Pearl one of the most beloved coaches ever at Auburn and so the the fans are they, they're ready uh, the fans are hungry to have something to cheer about and by gosh, it's going to be basketball. Yeah, and look, you've got another team that has new faces, but you've also got uh, a group that has a little more back than they've had at least the last couple of years. When you saw Auburn's key contributors last year, they were all new. I mean, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, obviously, but even Wendell Green Jr., Katie Johnson. And so now those latter two names, they're back. You got Alan Flanagan, who you're hoping to have in Alan Flanagan from two years ago rather than last year. Jalen Williams will figure in to be a big part of things uh, for you again. Some people really like the offseason and the the fall that Chris Moore has had. 
Uh, you got Zepp Jasper, who's a defensive ace. So you got a lot back. Now, I still think that the the new players in Janai Broom um, and Yoan Treor will be the, the kind of the key cogs to w- taking Auburn where it can go. Uh, they're they're doubtful to put up anything like Jabari or uh, Walker put up, but I think that when you're talking about production wise, they need to be a part of the top producers. I mean, you're you're looking for year to year improvements from Katie Johnson and, and Wendell Green Jr. Certainly, and, and efficiency's sake, uh, I know they both made second team All SEC today. Um, but you're, you you need small improvements from them. Um, but I, I think that what's really the, the overall theme here is just exciting that Auburn can lose a player like Jabari Smith, who almost went number one overall. They can lose a first-round pick in Walker Kessler, and they're still projected to be a really good team. They're still supposed to be a uh, top 20, top 15 team, uh, have aspirations towards the top of the SEC. And, and so I think that the, the biggest thing there is that it's really – important for us to remember that Auburn is turning over this roster in several different ways here in recent years and that they have not fallen off the face. They were not one-hit wonders. They were not dependent on Which one particular so awesome. player. Yeah, they're not, not on one particular recruiting class or one particular player. And it speaks to what Bruce Pearl has done and building the the image of the program up to where they can get constantly good recruiting classes. They've gotten some transfer portal guys here in recent years, and they're still working to develop the guys that they have had for multiple years. So the program is in a very healthy spot all the way around, and and that's an important thing to focus on as as they get going. Exhibition tonight against Alabama Huntsville. Uh, Jake Crane mentioned some exhibitions a little bit earlier, including that loss to Barrett. You remember that game? That was crazy. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, because a lot of people got really nervous about it, uh, and you know, I I, I can't I remember sitting on press row like, what in the world is happening? I can't predict that sort of thing happening again. Right, I, the stars have to align, but it is a a, a cautionary tale on that an exhibition game is just that, and that there's a long way to go and a lot to do and a lot to improve. Uh, upon from the first uh, outing in November to March. They lost to Barry. <laughs> yeah. Man, they can say they've defeated the Auburn Tigers in an exhibition basketball game before. Uh, hopefully that's not the case tonight because uh, you never want to react too much to the results of an exhibition game. I promise you, I promise you this, if Auburn were to lose tonight <laughs> against Alabama Huntsville... People oh, would, would overreact like crazy. There, there's one particular I phone call, that, you, phone caller or caller that we have here every day that we would have to talk off the ledge. <laughs> yeah, easily. I assure you, people will be freaking out if Auburn loses this evening. So, um, or even if they have, what if they even win if by four yeah, points? Even if it's a close game, I think you everybody know? would freak out a little bit. Why are we not? Why? Why are we not blowing out? University uh, Fire Bruce Pearl. <laughs> what's up with this team? What's wrong with these guys? Da-da-da-da. Well, it is the first game. Yeah. It's an I think they'll be okay. Just relax. I, I think they'll be okay. Everybody, everybody has a groove they have to find, especially with basketball. It's kind of about warming up and peaking at the right time. Um, 
So, yeah, that, that's, that's the goal. I feel. That's the goal of this team, that's for sure. All right, let's take a commercial break. When we come back, Joe Bartle joins the program. That's coming up next here on Sports Call. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom PV, Ryan LaVoy, and Cam Berry. It is a Wednesday. You know what that means. We are so thrilled to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on one of our very good friends. It is Joe Bartle from RotoWire, kind enough to join us here on the program each and every week to talk about the latest and greatest in the world of fantasy football. Joe, the time is greatly appreciated. How's your week been so far, man? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, Packers decided to give them the season, so so have I. And it's made a, a more cathartic experience for me. Now I can just sit there and uh, mock them, <laughs> because they deserve it. But that's, that's what I needed, and I'm glad the Packers reinforced that idea for me. i got to ask this. How was Halloween with the, the little one involved and now, you and the wife? What Did you guys do anything crazy? What did Halloween look like for you guys? Yeah, so he's only 16 months old, and this was like a, a hot debate at the house. Right. Do we actually go take him to do anything? Because really what this means is Dada has to go ahead and lift the kid around the whole night and walk around and go grab the candy. Cause, and he can't even eat him. So that is the plus. Like, I could get fat off the candy, but I'd have to do all the work by carrying him around and, you know, <laughs> walk sometimes. So we ultimately decided not to. However, he had a blast at his daycare's uh, Halloween party where they got to paint an apple pouch and... Unfortunately, he got too hungry, so he ate it midway through, and they got paint all over himself. That was a win for him. Lost <laughs> for the parents, but a good time overall. Oh, that's amazing. I need more of these parenting stories. This could be fun each and every week to see how everything's going there. Yeah, I mean, I can certainly provide uh, plenty of analysis in that regard, too, I promise. <laughs> all right, well, let's talk a little bit about football. The trade deadline has come and gone, and everyone wants to know as soon as it expires – uh, the winners for for just team specific needs in terms of achieving the ultimate goal of winning a Super Bowl, but also fit then comes into question in regards to fantasy football. So, what was the biggest fantasy football move that happened at the trade deadline? Yeah, this is a unique thing. Uh, for the first time at my tenure at Rotoware, we actually did a podcast live during the trade deadline, at least towards the end of it, so we're recapping it and trying to get the waiver wire pickups with the idea that maybe there's going to be some hot information that comes out and you'll be able to capitalize on it, and fantasy managers listing will be able to do it right then and there. Didn't really work out that way. I mean, there were 10 trades, which is a record all-time NFL trade deadline, and I did write a recap overall of the trade deadline from a fantasy perspective and outlined a lot of things. So the, the big ones, right, uh, T.J. Hawkinson traded the Vikings, Chase Claypool traded the Bears, the unfortunate issue with that is most of the players involved in this equation are already rostered. Like Claypool's at probably 95%. Hawkinson, if he's not 100%, uh, somebody's doing something wrong in one of the leagues across America. And then a guy like George Pickens, who is probably the biggest beneficiary of a move, not a player being moved, but of a player being traded, not what happens to their team. But he was at 65% rostered as of Yahoo League. So it was a little bit more difficult to be positive. I actually thought uh, fringe running back, so in this case Chase Edmonds, trade to the Broncos, 
he was probably cuttable last week. And Jeff Wilson traded to the Dolphins, probably cuttable last week, with the two biggest winners. And when it's two fringe running backs that you're like, hey, you know, if everything works out right, they might be an RB2 or a flex play uh, one or two weeks of the season. It's not exactly great. So I thought um, that was kind of the nice part. The, the Niners trading away Jeff Wilson indicates to me that Elijah Mitchell is going to be healthy and relatively soon. And that's important because if it was Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, and Chris McCaffrey, really it's just CMC that's valuable. And then Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson would cut into each other's targets. Now that there's just one backup running back, I think of it the same way as you would with uh, Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison or Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. You want one of those primetime uh, backup guys, especially for players that get injured a lot, which is Christian McCaffrey. Um, so there was some value there, but otherwise, you know, it was a little bit tricky. There was, it was more of the guys that didn't get traded that I thought had more value. So Kareem Hunt, if Kareem Hunt went to the Rams, for example, I think he would have been like a top 12 uh, running back at minimum, but even probably better yet than that, or Cam Akers going to a better situation too. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers had gotten anybody at wide receiver, maybe he becomes more fantasy relevant. And each one of those ended up not having a deal that worked out in their favor. So I thought the losers, which were really Kareem Hunt and Aaron Rodgers, uh, were the biggest difference makers of a trade deadline that was so active. Um, and so I, I want to go team by team here, or with at least with a few teams here with you, Joe. And I want to talk about Philadelphia a little bit because obviously the, the league's uh, lone undefeated team and – when you kind of look at their numbers this year, they've been pretty reliant on just three guys in the receiving game, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and Devontae Smith. And so I take it that uh, those guys have maybe seen even uh, better value for fantasy owners because they have not kind of looked anywhere. Jalen Hurts is kind of focused on those three guys. And then Miles Sanders getting the bulk of running back carries uh, well exceeding anybody else on that roster. So just talk about how heavy the Eagles have been on just three or four position guys and, and what might happen if one of them got hurt down the stretch. Yeah, they really haven't diversified their offense whatsoever, which is good from a fantasy perspective. So a guy like A.J. Brown is about as can't miss, can't, can't take out of your lineup as you could possibly get. I don't know if Devonta Smith quite qualifies for that, but there are many instances where you could probably say Devonta Smith is water for two or three and you'd be happy with his production most weeks in that capacity. Dallas Goddard, given the tight end situation outside of Kelsey and Mark Andrews and George Kittle at times, hasn't been in that same vein where you're probably playing him because there aren't any better options. Um, I don't know. Like if, if, if Miles Sanders got hurt, that would probably be the biggest differential because then you have Kenny Gamewell, who I think is a pretty good talent at the running back position, getting far more of the workload, and he already has proven to be, at least in the NFL, a pretty good red zone guy. So when I'm, whenever I'm looking for okay, an injury happened, this guy's filling in. I need to see them have roles. The same reason I thought Tyler Elshier was going to be the top pickup once Cordell Patterson went down. It's because he was going to be the bruiser, the goal linebacker, and sure enough, he ends up getting more carries than that, and also has that role. That's, you know, I wanted him more than Caleb Huntley, even though Huntley was getting plenty of carries in his own right. So that's where I see Kenny Gamal kind of having value. I'm not sure there is a wide receiver that would be an immediate pickup, although if you were to say the Eagles uh, lost A.J. Brown for an extended period of time, wouldn't Odell Beckham be the perfect landing spot in that situation? Like I mean, we, We've seen the Bills, the Packers, uh, and the Rams, and there was another other team uh, earlier today or yesterday that was reportedly in on Odell Beckham. I mean, that would be a situation that uh, would fit perfectly for him. He wants to be a star player, wants to get paid, uh, and I think a deal like that would make a lot of sense. But I'm not speculatively picking up Odell Beckham on the off chance an Eagles receiver gets hurt. It doesn't work that way. It would be more one of those, uh, if the situation arise, we then 
kind of a, a, address the interests accordingly. And looking uh, to the top of the AFC at the Bills, who went and acquired running back uh, Naheem Hines from the Colts, uh, does that make him any more uh, fantasy relevant, considering, you know, they have Devin Singletary and Zach Moss in that running back room already? Uh, do you think that makes him more valuable or less valuable? Yeah, this is the one trade that happened while we were live in the podcast, so I probably made a bigger deal out of it because, hey, active trade on a, a new <laughs> thing we're trying to do. Uh, and in reality, I'm like kind of taking a step back right in the article. Like, I don't think this really makes much of a difference at all. I mean, the Bills, I, I had said in the article, I, I have not seen a teenager be as thirsty about something as the Bills were thirsty to get a pass-catching running back. You think back to this offseason, they try to sign Gideon McKissick. McKissick ended up spurning him at the last minute. Okay, fine. You draft James Cook in the second round. Well, what are you doing with James Cook? He's not very good. He's not Delvin Cook. Well, okay, that ended up being right, but maybe he could be a pass catcher. Okay, that hasn't worked either. So now they trade another draft pick to go ahead and get Naheem Hines. At least in this case, I think they have solidified that need. My question is, why do they think they need that player or that role? I, I think this offense is already one of the best in the league, and they haven't really incorporated a pass catching running back. If anything, and you saw this past Sunday night against the Packers, they really could have used a running back who could run out the clock, who could bleed the clock out a little bit more. Singletary, Zach Moss, down with the Colts, uh, James Cook, none of those guys are capable of doing that. And neither is Naheem Hines. So I, I kind of wondered, from a real-life perspective, why were they choosing to do that? From a fantasy perspective, I don't know. Unless Singletary were to get hurt, I think Hines takes over both the carries and catching opportunities. Then you see that work. But in reality, it's, again, kind of like a, a bit more valuable of a backup than Alexander Madison, but probably in the same vein as Tony Pollard was before Zeke went hurt. You need to have, you need to have a situation work out in the favor of the injured player for Hines to have any sort of major value. A few more teams to ask you about here. Joe Bartles joining us here on the program. You can follow him on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports. Follow RotoWire as well at RotoWire. So uh, we mentioned the Eagles a little bit earlier in our conversation. This week they've got Thursday night football taking on the Houston Texans. Uh, why are the Texans relevant from a fantasy perspective, Joe? What exactly should we be watching with them tomorrow night? Uh, the answer is they're not. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> That's what I thought you would say. Favored. Yeah, the Eagles are favored by 13.5 points, and I thought, uh, looking at that spread, I'm like, man, I think I could still take the Eagles and the points. Um, the the Texans are without uh, the Michigan product. I'm booking his name right now. Nico Collins as the wide receiver, too. Brandon Cooks is also listed as questionable, of course. There were trade rumors about him being moved, and the Packers and the other teams are interested in him. Uh, the fact that they are listing as questionable with an injury and also personal makes me a little bit worried. And he had some uh, vague tweets after the trade deadline saying he didn't appreciate how the Texans handled this whole situation. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't either, given he's had to suffer through the last three years with Houston and, and kind of be the, the, the good soldier. So I don't know. I, I would. I'm kind of surprised if Brandon Cook. Brandon Cooks ends up playing tomorrow, and if that is the case, if he's not available Thursday, this is going to be an offense that if they score more than 10 points, I'd be shocked. Damian Pierce is their biggest value uh, and has been really, really good this season since since supplanting uh, Rex Burkhead as the starting running back probably back in week three, but he is not good enough to be able to take on this Eagles defense, which for, for the faults that you guys mentioned with the lack of diversification, I think that is going to be an issue come the playoffs offensively. Their defense is outstanding. If the Eagles are going to make it far in the postseason, and I think they will, it's going to be because their defense is just from top to bottom what we expected a good defense to look like at the beginning of the season. So uh, I think they will handle things against the Texans, and maybe the game gets close because weird Thursday night things happen, uh, but it's not going to be because the Eagles are a bad team and the Texans are good. It's, it's just because fluky things 
happen in a 17-game season. And Joe, want to look at one of the league's great stars at wide receiver in Cooper Cup, who rolled his ankle on Sunday in their loss against San Francisco. Got Tampa Bay this weekend, and Cup in his career against the Bucks in three games, averaging 121 receiving yards a game. Uh, how confident are you he's going to be able to play this weekend? And if not, who do the Rams turn to? Yeah, can we do this as a PSA for all of the NFL teams across America? Uh, I, I know they are all actively listening to the station, so it's important <laughs> that I'm talking to them right now. Please stop playing talented players in meaningless situations. Rams, you are not going to be scoring 13 points in 35 seconds. There, There is not a 13-point play in Sean McVay's playbook. You can take Cooper Cup out. And I know he said after the fact, oh, yeah, I should have done that. Great. Hindsight. Be, like That's awesome. Be aware in the moment that you guys are not good enough to win by – uh, one point, much less 13 and 35 seconds. Take Cooper Cup out. Now, he's injured. Okay, so what do we deal with that? I think he's going to play. You had mentioned the 121-yard average over the three games. But two of those were either postseason games or meaningful ramification ones. I'm not quite positive that applies. Now, the Rams are 3-4, Buccaneers 3-5. Right? One of these teams might be out of the playoff contention whoever loses this contest. There will be importance on both sides of the ball. I just wonder if the Rams can't singularly focus on Cooper Cup again, especially with the type of injury that he's dealing with. I mean, you know, a, a rolled ankle, we don't really know the severity of it. I think Cooper is one of the tougher receivers in the league. He'll play, but how effective he'll be is going to be a different question altogether. Joe Bartle here with us, joining us each and every week on Wednesdays with Rotowire. Again, follow him on Twitter, at JB Fantasy Sports. Joe, we always appreciate your insight in these conversations that we have each and every week. Remind our listeners uh, how they can follow your work and, and all the great things that you guys do in the fantasy world there at Rotowire. Yeah, on Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports. I have the article that I'm referring to. Again, the trade deadline winners and losers up uh, on Twitter right now. It's also at the main page of Rotowire as well, too. I think that does a pretty good job of just uh, summarizing a lot of what all the action that occurred yesterday if you weren't able to pay attention we also did discuss in the podcast too anywhere you listen to a podcast whether we're fantasy football the tuesday edition of the show we do that every tuesday breaking out wave of pickups mostly and then series xm on fridays 8 to 10 p.m eastern uh encourage you guys to listen tune in it's been it's been nice uh new hour change we weren't really sure how that would work as a company but uh it's been pretty good from a, a viewership perspective and i've been seeing a lot more New people ask me questions, which is good, but also means more work for me. I'm fine. Add more work on my plate. I don't care. Love interacting <laughs> with you guys. Maybe fancy sports on Twitter. We always do appreciate the time and uh, looking forward to talking next week, Joe. Thanks again. All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Have a good day. That's our good pal Joe Bartle joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Amazing insight and information from him yeah. per usual. Oh, yeah. He knows he, his stuff, he, man. He knows so much. He's a very knowledgeable guy. I mean, to be in, he was in, he's in like, what, 15 leagues? Yeah. I mean, just that's absolutely crazy. Um, and he, I'm sure, keeps on the up and up with everything that's going on with fantasy sports, with all NFL football. I had one more question I wanted to ask him, and I, I just thought about it. Uh, that kind of plays with my deals with my Falcons, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm he's a very knowledgeable well, guy. I love talking to Joe. Well, we'll answer it. Let's do some group <laughs> think. What do you got? Yeah. Oh, oh. So, <laughs> all right, bet I have Justin Herbert in fantasy. Okay. Obviously, the Chargers play the Falcons this year. This right. Week. So Mike Williams hurt with a high ankle sprain. Sure. Keenan Allen has a setback with his hamstring. Eh, probably won't play if we're being realistic. Yep. So their three wide receivers are now 
Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter, and Michael Bandy. Obviously, you have Eckler, who is a very great pass catching running back, great, great, you know, all together. But I'm I'm very curious to see how that's gonna play against the Falcons. Obviously, our secondary is not very good. Um, just traded for Rashad Fenton, so that might help a little bit. Maybe we get AJ back. Maybe not. He didn't practice today, so eh, uh, maybe later in the week. Um, but. I, I just wonder if he's a good if Justin's a good start. I mean, obviously, like I said, well, who's the other quarterback? I was gonna say, who's your backup? Aaron Rodgers. Um, I know it's they're playing the Lions. Though. Start start Rodgers. Start yeah. Rodgers. Start Rodgers. A the just, Lions suck. B don't put the guy against your team. Just don't just don't do it. I, don't I, don't, I, don't see, do it. I have no problem doing that because I don't, know no, I why? played Joe Burrow against us and he torched us. I knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but it, amid, amidst the pain weapons. of the team losing, you're like, you're just like, well, at least it's helping me in fantasy. Yeah. My <laughs> thing was those. I mean, someone's name was Bandy. Yeah. Huh. I I know. Huh. Yeah. yeah. I, and I know I know the Falcons DBs are rough. I know they're injured. I, and I, I know don't Herbert's care. talented. I, don't care. I know Herbert's talented. I yeah. would start Rogers. The, Rogers. The Lions are garbage. Hot they trash. They That's are. another way of saying what Tom said. Hot trash. So I'm going to be at the game. The li- and JJ's going to be there, so That's you know the so Lions random. won't win. I'm going to be at the Lions what? game wearing Lions gear, but I'll be there. Why? What? what? Yeah. Okay. okay I, we I, talked about this on yesterday's show. People are were. Yeah, I'm going to be at the Lions game. Have fun. Yeah. Why not? Why? Why not? <laughs> everybody you know should go somebody. to a, everybody should go to a Detroit Lions game. No, they Should shouldn't. They? Yeah. <laughs> I I could think of a lot better things than to go watch the Detroit Lions, like you know, pulling my fingernails out. It's not that far away, <laughs> you know. All right. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, compared to like Europe, maybe yeah, right? we're going to all see right. some friends. That's all right. That's fine. I'm, I'll start. Time. I'll start a rod. Start a rod. Start a rod. I think start a rod. I have a yeah. He they're, they're not it, going out. If, if you, they lose to the Lions, he should. Re- I mean, they should all just <laughs> retire. Should retire. Right there, yeah. If you lose. Or if they lose, you could blame Ryan I'll for it. I was so upset. I'll be rooting for the Lions. I mean, I don't like the Packers, <laughs> but I'm just telling you, I've watched the Packers play the Lions a lot with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. I don't care they're three and five. It's still the Lions. They're no. one and seven. That's what now, I know. Now watch Herbert light it up for like some I forty point game. You're like, I will. Be, I will be. And that's the gamble upset. you take that every week gamble, in fantasy though. football. Well, so, I mean, and that's, that's why I have fifteen uh, less teams than Joe. And that's well, so, the name of the so game. So here's a gamble that I took, and it. Bit me in the butt. It actually, cost me a, a an L uh, because I only lost by five points. So uh, I looked. Uh, I benched Rogers last week. Yeah, because they were playing the Bucks, and I was like, mm, No way! No, isn't that right? No, 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 no. no. Who were they playing? Tampa played Baltimore. Uh, Green Bay played Buffalo Sunday. Buffalo, night football. Buffalo. Yes, Buffalo. Um, I looked at that matchup and it was not very favorable. However, I had Derek Carr, and they were playing. Oh no! They were playing the Saints, and so I was like, "That made sense." And I was like, "Okay, that made sense." I was like, "Let me go ahead and put Carr up here against the Saints because they're not playing very well." Rodgers is probably not going to be doing very much against Buffalo, and he didn't really. But he had a he he scored. He had a hell of a lot better game than Derek Carr did, and I lost by five points. Yeah, that's tough. And all I had to do was just get a little bit out of Derek Carr. Score a singular touchdown. Tough. Yeah. 
That's yikes. Yep. Yep. All right. Because uh, Raiders did not score in that no, game. No, they, they, they didn't cross the 50-yard line until the fourth quarter. Oh, gosh. Not great. Against a terrible, a terrible not great. Saints team. Not I great. Was, I was very upset with the Raiders uh, on Sunday. I was just, just beat the Saints. They're not that good. Let's, uh, let's do our TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Our Nightly TV Guide is brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Heart Seltzer. Coming up on television tonight, two movie picks for you at 6.30 on FX. Captain America, the first Avenger. That gets a pass for me. Meet the Falkers at 6 on E. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. Oh, but, my gosh. Uh, JJ. Yeah. Is that Ben Stiller? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, is a, that is a very funny movie. Yes. So what was that funny. name you said? Robert De Niro. Oh, Robert De Niro. He's the dad. Yeah. yeah. It, he's Ben Stiller's so dad? No. No. He's no. The, the Ben Stiller the dates a girl, and yeah. then right. the girl's dad yep. is Robert De Niro? Right. Yep. Do it's things funny. go well? Is the premise like meeting the parents? Well, I guess one of the movies is called Meet, meet the, the Fockers. Yeah, so. You should watch it. The yeah. movie is called Meet the Fockers. Yeah. That's, that's so they're like meeting the parents and the parents are the Fockers? Yeah. You should just watch it. <laughs> you would enjoy it. You I know you would. You'd laugh. Movie, that's the second one, isn't it? I don't know. I think oh, this is I such a know. dangerous name. Meet the Falkers. Yeah, because the original is Meet the Parents, and then this is Meet the Falkers because oh, they are yeah, because Ben right. Stiller's you're last right. name, it, you know, he's Gaylord Gaylord Falker. It's his name. <laughs> yeah. That is his name, Gaylord so, Falker. So now, so wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so the girl, does she meet his parents? Uh, that's then? that's what they, that's they're what going to meet Ben Stiller's parents. So then Robert De Niro is not no, in this movie. You no, know, he is in the movie. So the parents meet the parents. I think like so. everybody Maybe. meets everybody. The original movie was meeting the De girl's Niro, parents, yeah. which is De Niro as the dad. And you should just watch them, it. And all hell breaks loose. Who and now is this the girl? Is, and now this is the sequel <laughs> where they're meeting. Why does he ask these kind of questions? Yeah, I don't know. It, ben Stiller, but I mean, like he's recognizable. Who does he date? Well, who's the who's girl? I forget the girl. Who's the actress? I forget the girl oh, too. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What's wow. Her name? Watch it and find out. Yeah, just watch it. Is it, uh, you know, Pam? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, his fiance Pam. So who is no. Pam? Pam. Terry Polo. Nope. Your name is Gaylord Fucker? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I, 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 I got distracted there. Um, yeah, you went to the We've got, uh, or let me do hockey. Pittsburgh at Buffalo at 630 on TNT. And then Maxion. Maxion. Let's go. I don't care. Uh, Western <laughs> Michigan at Bowling Green at 6 on ESPN2. And then Central Michigan at Northern Illinois at 6 on ESPNU. Your nightly TV guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Awesome stuff. Awesome show. A lot of fun as always with you fine gentlemen. Cam, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. We'll see you later in the week. Ryan LaVoy, thank you for being here. Safe travels to the state of Florida. Thank you, sir. Safe travels to you to the state of Michigan. Michigan. Tom Peavy, thank you for being here. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'll be in Auburn. <laughs> or as Brent, I'll be in Gatlinburg. As Brent weekend. Musburger says, Auburn. 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 Uh, Tom, we'll see you next week. Okay? Absolutely. All right, a lot of yelling at the end of the program. I do apologize. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much. To everyone who tuned in and called into our program, thank you to Jake Crane and Joe Bartle for being on Sports Call today. For Cam Berry, Ryan LaVoy, and Tom Peavy, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.